Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy three-day weekend, San Diego. Welcome in to Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. Here with you for four. Baseball season feels like it's starting to bubble a little bit. Starting to get more stories coming out of camp. Not just the Padres, but really across baseball. Um, and so, you know, that makes for a, a better radio show here on 97.3 The Fan. What are the, uh, uh, what are the Padres doing? Well. If, other than switching their second baseman and shortstop. Well, I mean, there, we, we finally got to hear from leadership that uh-huh. we didn't uh, really get to discuss. Um, starting to kind of get some of the little tidbits about who's starting first game, how that may affect ah, right. as you move into Korea, who has a shot to pitch in those games. It's going to be no-no, Joe. I think it's I mean, I think he basically told us, he didn't tell us last week, but he he hinted that he and Darvish are going to be the two. And I would think if you put that together with the fact that Musgrove starting the preseason opener, what did Mike Schultz say? He's pretty funny. Somebody asked Mike Schilt who was starting the preseason opener, and Mike Schilt said, "I don't know. I haven't checked my Twitter account yet to let me know to let me know what I said." You're going to get a lot of those little quips. Yeah, that's I think, good. From, uh, that's good, Mike. From Mike, but I, I think you're right. I think Joe is. It seems like he is at least on the path to be the opening day starter, and I think it makes sense. You go back to last year, um, the situation, and, and you know, quite frankly. The Padres haven't had the best of luck as it pertains to what's on the calendar and how it affects their spring training. Last year, you had the WBC. That then threw off um, Joe's, or not Joe's, but it threw off Yu's. Uh, yeah, know, that's chance. right. He couldn't start he couldn't for start a week or two. Right, because he went yeah, down that's there. that's right. Then, I forgot about that. And then you had Joe, who had the unfortunate uh, mishap with the kettlebell oh, uh, and his my foot. goodness, right? yes. So... Uh, that kind of, you know, all of that kind of was thrown into last year, and we know how that, that lasts. Now, this year, I don't think it's all that much easier. You're getting started with camp earlier. Um, your season is going to start a week earlier than everybody else's, but it seems as though uh, Joe and you have come in prepared. And I, and, I, and I bring up Joe because last year all of that happened, and he still went 10-3. and three. And, I know. And, and we were talking about that last week. It seemed like he didn't have much of a season. No, but Not but, much if you count 10-3, and three, right. which was actually the same number of games he won the year that, before that's, that's when right. he had a 
quote, great season. Right, and, and that's what I'm getting at is is it seems like he's ascended. Last year, I think he got to start the home opener uh, for the pods, yes. right? He is, I think, ascended to really earning, uh, assuming he goes out and he's healthy and he throws the ball the way he checks all of his boxes, as he talked about. I think he's earned the fact to, 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 to be the number one guy. On opening day. Yeah, Blake Snell got the opening day start last year. That's how it turned out yeah. against the Rockies. I, I don't know if anybody remembers this. The Rockies actually won the first they two did. games of the season. <laughs> they did. Maybe we should have known they something sp- right off the bat. split with them, right? It was a four-game set. The, 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 the Padres won the next two, but yes, the uh, the Rockies actually won the first two. We should have known. I think C.J. Crone hit two home runs in that game. And he finished the season with two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was something I mean, like, maybe three. It was yeah. something three. like that. He didn't hit the ball the rest of the year. Trust me, he's on my fantasy team, and I dropped was, him like a month and a half He was the Rockies Padre killer. Usually it was Charlie Blackman. Yeah. He missed some time, it seemed like, against the Padres quite right. a bit last year. So, Who'd from, you have for the first three games starting last year for the Padres? Starting pitchers? Yeah, starting pitcher. Actually, the four-game the four game series, who did you have against Colorado? Do you remember? Yeah, I think we had uh, Blake. Snell first. Waka? No. Was it Lugo? No. Oh, man. No. Wait, what are we talking? We're talking about who started the first four games last year for the Padres. Ooh. In order. That is a great question. Oh, wait. Uh, Weathers was in there, wasn't he? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here was the, here's the first five. Give us the first five. I'll give you the first five. Uh, you, the one you've forgotten, and then everything else will fall into place. Snell started the first one. Nick Martinez ah, started right. the second game of the season. And then Waka, then Lugo. And then Ryan Weathers started the fifth game, which was against Arizona. Another game that the Padres won, and that was the game that... So um, not Soto. Kim and Dahl hit the homer in the bottom ninth. of the ninth That's inning right. to win the game. It was their only, was their only walk-off <laughs> win until like October. Yeah, but uh, yeah. The, so the first five didn't include either Darvish or Musgrove last year, right? Might, because of been the what bad, you because might, of what you said. It was might have been a, an, an omen that we didn't realize at the time of of how things were going to go at that point. But yeah, uh, things are certainly, uh, I think. Moving in the the right direction, a little better. The other conversation is closer, and, and Suarez at this point um, probably is the 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 horse, the lead horse at this point in, right. in terms of who's going to get a chance. Now, that being said, he hasn't been healthy enough to be the closer at the start of the season the last two years. Um, this is the second year of the big deal he signed, and this is one of those things. If you're not healthy to be the closer on opening day. Right? Yep. Matsui could come in and get the save on opening day and just never lose the job. Never let it up. That could happen. I'm not telling Suarez to hurry up, but if he wants to be closer, he better be ready to at least be closer. Yeah. And according to the article Dennis Lynn wrote, Mike Schilt, you know, mentioned both of those two guys. Yeah. And really the eighth and ninth at at times being interchangeable because of how right. the lineup Depending made. Depending on who's coming up. And so what we do know, what I think was kind of a, a, a non-starter or a mystery, is that Mike Schilt is going to approach those innings a little bit differently than Bo Mel did last year. I think, and Bo- he's going to be doing what I think most managers are going to start doing. Not everyone. There will be some, some teams where there's one closer, and they just close every game no matter what. Right. But I don't think that many people are going to be doing that anymore. Baseball seems to be changing. Yeah, along those lines. Here's my I, thing, though, Tony. 
Who's going to be at third base? I knew it was coming. Who's going to be at second? <laughs> who's going to be at DH? Who's going to be at center field? Yeah. I mean, we're two days from the spring opener. My best guess, if nothing happens between now and when you guys all step on the field at 3 in the morning in Korea a couple of weeks from now, my best guess would be the third baseman will be Matthew Batten, the DH will be Manny, and Jackson Merrill, Jackson Maryland center. Or, or, or I mean, center, are you going to yeah. put Profar in center? Are you going to put Fernando in you, center? You, and, no, you leave. You could leave. You could leave Fernando there. You can have a Zocar play center. You could have, have a Zocar in center. Profar come off the bench. Yeah, you could do that. I'm just saying, though. That's it. There really aren't a whole lot of other options unless something changes between now and then. Yeah. I still think something's going to change. I do too. But you know, here we are. Yeah. No, it, it hasn't it, happened it, yet. It's certainly. Um, the glaring need uh, on the roster doesn't mean there's not a plan, though. And so uh, right. we'll see where that goes. Over the weekend, Eric Cassinda, uh, who is now really um, the guy, you know, at the top of the, of the food chain as it pertains to the, to the Padres in terms of ownership, he spoke publicly um, about, you know, where this organization's future is, what his role will be in it. Um, it was quite interesting. He was asked specifically why this year's payroll um, is $100 million less than last season. Yeah, I think we went into the year with the view of, of assembling talent and, and balance for the team. Um, payroll is an output of that. And I think as AJ's described, you know, we're not necessarily done. It's been a kind of an odd free agent market uh, evolution this year. And so... We're, um, you know, we're marching toward building the, the talent pool that we think can win this year. How much flexibility is there for what the rest of the offseason might bring? There's flexibility. I mean, we don't get into specific payroll numbers, as you guys know, but, um, you know, we're working every day on, on events to the roster as well as, as some trades and free agent stuff. So the, the you know, the roster is still in progress, and I think AJ's described that as well. Are you looking to reset the luxury tax this year? Again, the, that'll be an output of, of the mission of kind of bringing a talented group together. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, so, you know. Eric uh, Kusenda doing his best Eric Gruppner <laughs> imitation there. Very good, Eric. All these Eric's are really right good. next to each other. Was he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're really good at, at saying, answering the question, but making sure they really don't tell us too much. But I, I, I don't. You know, I'm glad to hear from him and yeah. make it official. But, I mean, we all know that they have to get under the luxury tax this year. They just have to. It, it would be horrendously bad business if, I, I was not just getting to ready do that, If you right? think spending a whole lot of money is bad business, it's yeah. even worse. It would be to, worse. To, to stay above that tax. That's what I think. So you know that they have to get under that. And once you know that, you know that their options are going to be a little limited. And based on what Tony and I just talked about, that there's still some holes I believe AJ and this team are going to make the necessary moves to fill the ones they feel they're going to need to fill. You know, I, yeah. I think they will. They'll figure it out. And, if, you know, if Jackson Merrill isn't ready, they'll find somebody to get ready, a fourth outfielder. If Matthew Batten, they don't want to go there at third base and Manny DH, Manny DH or Manny plays third, they might go out and sign a DH. I still, you know, all of those things are still in play. Yeah. So. Uh, the one question I think a lot of people 
at least if they weren't asking out loud, they were wondering. And, and that was what kind of instruction, if any, uh, Peter Sider left behind in terms of running the organization before uh, his unfortunate passing. I mean, I think he was pretty um, candid with what he thought, what the expectations he set for this organization. Um, and that's the sort of vision and path that we're carrying forward. So, you know, he and I had a, a long and, and close relationship. So I think I, I, you know, I'm well suited right now to sort of implement what, what's going on there. And again, with a lot of stability in the organization, I think that's shouldn't be lost on anybody that we've got, you know, a, a very stable leadership team, one of the most stable leadership teams in, in, in the league. And, um, you know, that's really helped us kind of manage through this transition. So, I mean, it sounds like the same things we were hearing from Peter publicly were the same things he was saying right. privately. So, And that should be no surprise to anybody who um, got a chance to understand who Peter was um, over the course of his time owning this ball club. I'm not, I'm not concerned that Peter Seidler left this thing in a messy yeah. place. No. I'm not concerned about that. And anybody who's trying to make the connection between them not spending as much money and his passing, again, is overlooking what we just talked about. You've got to get under the luxury tax. You just have to. Yeah. So this is their year to you know suck it up a little bit and figure out another way to do it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Still so. a talented team without adding additions, but there is. I think you can – Really get past it. There's there's some spots that seem to be uh, I don't want to say glaring holes, but they they you know they could be filled. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. What one more before we go to break? Uh, Eric Cinda met with the ball club before uh, he met with the media. Here's what he had to say about it. Yeah, I mean we're going to get into specifics, but Mike, um, you know some introductions, some setting the tone for the year. Um, you know, a moment to, to talk about and reflect on Peter, of course. Um, you know, acknowledging the, the, you know, accountability and responsibility that the players have to the organization and, we're, and, and to the city, you know, the, the community and the military and all those sorts of things that play into what makes the Prodigies brand what it is. So, um, yeah, just setting the tone. Next time, give us specifics. Come on. <laughs> they, don't, they don't discuss specifics, man. Come on, They man. don't discuss specifics, we but I want a couple of specifics. You will get none and you like it. You will get nothing like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to break. We have a full show. Sam Levitt will join us from Peoria to talk a little bit about what he's hearing down on the ground. Uh, we'll have a fantabulous sports game show. That should always—that's trouble for Scraby. That should be fun for sure. Where no, is Scraby, by the way? Has he spoken yet? Today? He has not. He I'm must be working to, over I'm there. Trying to cameras working? Uh, yeah, the cameras are fine. Okay. I'm trying to upgrade the video stream so that, like, we can play the video as they're speaking to the people that are watching on YouTube. Because now we have two two big audiences, yeah, guys. Yeah, we got yeah. two audiences to serve. Um, apparently, I'm not doing it right because I'm honestly just. Trial and error right now. Well, uh, apparently, who, who are you being told that? Uh, uh, it's, are, no one's like blaming me. They're just like, there's an echo on on him. Uh, there's they're, an echo. they're just helping. They're just helping. They want yeah. they want your sound quality. They want our sound quality to be uh, be on point. I can't. Yeah, be mad I'm trying. For that. I'm trying, but I'm not sure that we're going to be doing that again <laughs> Chris, today. Chris versus <laughs> the fans in the four o'clock hour. Big five, all your favorites. Let's get to break. More Gwen and Chris. On the other side, Steven Strasburg, San Diego. Steven Strasburg. 
is uh, kind of being pushed around a little bit in terms of what he's going to do after baseball. We'll talk about it when we return. We're Gwen and Chris. All right, big doings on this uh, Tuesday. Welcome back to uh, Gwen and Chris. Hope you missed us over the last uh, three days. Uh, we missed you. Tried to stay busy. Uh, coming up tonight, after our show is over, big game for the Aztec basketball team. They've got uh, Utah State tonight up in Logan, Utah. Uh, the Aggies are favored by two and a half points. We'll get into that a little bit later in our daily gambit. But once again, Tony Gwynn Jr., the Aztecs are in the rankings at number 19. There's that number again. Very good number, yeah. But better than that is the news that came out over the weekend that the NCAA Tournament Committee, as it stands now, will see them fourth in the NCAA Tournament. So really the Aztecs are in fantastic shape. Provided, and they win tonight, I think they're going to clinch one of those top four seeds. I mean, this is really the one very tough game left on their schedule. Uh, Mark Ziegler in his article seemed to indicate that even if they lose tonight, they could win out and most likely hang on to that number four seed. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, they weren't even a four seed last year. I, I don't think they're in any range to clinch anything, but they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to. We, don't get it twisted. As much love as they're being shown right now. They can take the love they, away. They are quick to take the love away yeah. from really any team in the Mountain West. It's not just San Diego State. See, the so, thing that Ziegler pointed out is that the last two years, when the tournament committee has announced its 16 teams right now at this point in the season, 15 of those 16 have stayed in position when they announced the actual field. But that means there's one that hasn't. And you know who they'll take out, right? <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. That's usually how it works. So, yeah. listen, I, I think um, the Aztecs have turned up the dial a little bit. Uh, after that last road loss, they have responded in a very good fashion. And it bodes well. They got a tough one tonight they want to take care of. They get, they take care of here tonight. It's an, it's. I don't want to say the, use the word easy. The path isn't as strong as it had been the previous four. Yes, and they could also move into first place. Yeah. And they would have the tiebreak over Utah State because they could sweep the series with a win tonight. Yeah. There is so much at stake for them this evening. So uh, we'll I mean, wish the, Brian the, Dutcher. The, the four seed is – I saw it fourth in the in the Midwest bracket is what I believe I saw. I believe they have them in the same – right now the Aztecs, according to the tournament committee – don't look at the AP rankings. The tournament committee, which is far more important – has them as the 14th best team in the country. So not only they are four seed, but there are two teams that are four seeds lower than them. I'm glad the committee's paying attention. It seems as if they are. Now, Jay Wright, just to put a little fly in the ointment, you oh, know Jay Wright is the former guy on Villanova, CBS? Former Villanova coach. And he's a talking head on CBS. When they were revealing these the other day, as soon as they said San Diego State, Jay Wright popped up said, What? San Diego State, he completely disagreed. Ah. He thought everything else you guys have done is perfectly right, except but for not San Diego them. State. They don't. They shouldn't be that high. Well, so Jay, you're in our crosshairs. Little, little bulletin board material. Little for the, bulletin for the board material for the boys. Yes, big game tonight. Uh, other news to pass along before we get into this Steven Strasburg story, which is very very interesting. Um, we're going to be giving away. 
tickets to spring training today, Scraby? What do you have here? <laughs> yes. To Peoria? Yes. To- well, I don't want to say the wrong thing. No, you're right. You're right. There's, there's, there's two aspects to this prize, and today... You're going to get a pair of tickets to see the Padres in a spring training game at the Peoria Sports Complex. But you'll also be qualified for a grand prize, which is a trip for two, including tickets, a Southwest gift card, and a one-night hotel stay. So today you get tickets and you have to find your own way out there. Go with Tony. And B, Jump you're his qualified trunk. for a full... I don't know how much I heard junk in the trunk, but it was jump, jump in, in the, the trunk. trunk. Yes. yes. Uh, the second part is a qualification for a bigger trip. Got so it. There you go. All Boom. right. So that's a good thing. That's coming up a little bit later in the program. Now, uh, Mr. Strasburg, he of the gigantic contract, but he of the... Such a bad arm injury that he can't lift his arm above his head. He can't pitch anymore. Right. But apparently the Washington Nationals don't feel like what? Tony paying him the money or don't feel like paying him and him not at least let's, being present. Let's back this up a little bit okay. to uh, a story we covered last year. Um, I think we were on air and it broke that, you know, Strasburg was going to retire and then um, shortly thereafter, he would be in the Nationals' ring of honor, um, and he would, you know, go off into the sunset. That was all told to us by Mike Rizzo, who I have a ton of respect for. He's one of the GMs um, in this game I think very, very highly of. Uh, but then it, it might have been 24 hours later, it was decided that he was not going to be retiring, or he wasn't at least going to announce the retirement. And what what then transpired was that uh, that we found out that because Strasburg didn't want to change the terms of his fully guaranteed contract to benefit the Nationals, they now were going to make him basically work for the rest of this contract. I don't know what they're going to have him do. I mean, he's going to have him slinging uh, to your point, slinging he, hamburgers back in the cafeteria. I mean, he's got a lot of work to yeah, do to, to make that money. To 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 your point. Uh, Steven can't physically play the game of baseball no more. Right. He's not playing. Most of the times this happened, teams, um, you know, player retires, they move on, team pays the rest of the contract. If you remember, there was a, a story that came out that uh, Steven Strasburg, when they tried to get the insurance form, they did not allow it. Uh, the insurance, nobody insurance company would take it at that point. Hmm. Uh, and so now it sounds like there's some sour grapes here from ownership. Mike Rizzo, as I said, is is not to blame here. It's the ownership that feels like, okay, well, I know we are paying you two forty five. He signed that extension right after the World Series they That's won. Right. Um got hurt right after, hasn't been able to really pitch since. I think he made a couple starts, didn't really bounce back well. He's had to retire and it just seems like uh the Nationals are are, are gonna stick it to him um because of this, basically. Well I'll be honest with you. If I'm Strasburg, I, I, I maybe I'm not thrilled with this news, but I, you know, I show up and I do what I, what they need me to do, and then I head on my merry way. And so that seems simplest. Here, uh, uh, Brittany Girioli is the one who wrote broke the article uh, for the Athletic, uh, and she's kind of paints the picture uh, in terms of what happened. Right, Strasburg uh, last pitched June twenty second. He's dealt with severe nerve damage 
uh, that thwarted uh, multiple attempts to come back on the mound. General Manager Mike Rizzo said last year Strasburg would eventually be in the team's ring of honor as one of their great stars. The team approached Strasburg last year about retiring, and plans for the press conference were enough along that the team had tentative September uh, date. Then it all fell apart once ownership came. Now, Strasburg is technically still on the November. On the, they're, they're keeping a, a roster. They're wasting a roster spot to, to stick it just to him. To, on the, just to make, well, you're on the 40-man <laughs> roster. And he's like, what? Right. He's not at spring training. But the Nationals have made it very clear he's expected to be there. Yeah. He's invited like every other. And this is Mike Rizzo having to be the yes. spokesman for this, right? <laughs> well, just like anyone else. Right. And he goes, uh, he's got until February 24th to be here. And, yeah, I expect him to be here. So, Hmm. There is a, 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 I think, a lot of people feeling like the Nationals, this is in Washington, are kind of doing a disservice here. So I don't know how it's all going to shake out. I know Strauss is naturally an introvert. He, you know, it's, they're asking him to basically come out and like be a coach and do some of these things that come on and get. Well, he can't <laughs> give anybody a high five. He no, can't he even can't. raise his arm up. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for Stephen. I don't know how it's going to break. I don't know if he's reported. Today is the, tw- what, 19th today? Today's the 19th? 20th. So 20th, 20th. Sorry, 20th. I, I, I shook my head in a, a fir- a affirmation towards Tony. Four, four days to report at this point. We'll see what happens. Interesting. All right. I would like to get him on the show after some time kind of goes by and just kind of catch up with him and talk a little bit about his career and all of that stuff. He's probably not really keen on doing a whole lot of interviews right now because he probably figures everybody's going to be asking about his injuries and stuff, and I'm really not interested in that. Yes. Well, this is the best. I'd like to congratulate him on a great show, a great career. I can tell you how how retired Strauss is. He's He is fully engaged with helping the San Diego State baseball program. He is doing a ton of work behind the scenes along with a lot of alum Good. right now um, to, to try to bring this uh, Aztec uh baseball program back to where we think it should be some prominence yeah for sure well very good uh all right that's what's going on uh as far as anything else is concerned in the sports world we'll get to all of it we've got our as mentioned the uh daily gambit fantabulous sports game show chris versus the fans the big five when we come back we'll check in in peoria see what uh, sammy levitt can uncover for us there with the padres that's next gwen and chris rolls on call from mom answer it Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Two thirty-eight on a gloomy afternoon in San Diego. Tony Wynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Gravy. You know, if you are like most San Diegans, you know somebody that is beside themselves about no sun again. You know, we had like had like four days of, of sunshine. Yeah, you, I can, I, I've heard it at least four or five times today about how I know. terrible our weather has been. The worst. I love the rain, but ever since I got my dog Lucky, the rain has been a nemesis yeah. because I he he it just everything just dried out, and so I was able to take him on walks again in the in the dirt. Not anymore. No, it's it, it, it's, uh, it's starting from scratch again, uh, and we're supposed to get a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, hang in there, San Diego. We'll, we'll be through this latest storm uh, before you know it. Yeah, uh, we'll have Sam Levitt on here real quick uh, before we get to Sam. Uh, Mount, excuse me, Mount Carmel Varsity Soccer Girls. All right, all right. Advance to the semifinals. The Little Devils, the, I call them. The Little Devils will take on. Chris does call them the Little Devils. Granite Hills <laughs> tomorrow in the semis with a chance to go to the finals. So Good that luck. is my last my last game here. They're led if, by a young lady with the last name of Gwyn yeah, on she's, that she's, Mount Carmel team. She's, she's, she's having she's a quite good, good season, as is a, a, quite a few of her teammates uh, playing yeah, well out there. Good luck to so them they, tomorrow night. They were able to advance one nothing. Yes, so. we're into the high school uh, playoffs. Yes, Soccer, we are. Also basketball. So uh, I've done a couple of playoff basketball games. I got one tonight. What and, you got tonight? Uh, I don't like to say. Okay. I don't like to say. You don't want anybody showing up. I don't want people to show up to heckle me, honestly. If you happen to show up and I'm there, then you can heckle me. But I don't want people going out of their way to heckle me. show up to heckle you? Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right, let's get to our our spring training guest, none other than the great Sammy Lev. Sam, welcome to the show, man. How are you? How's Peoria treating you? Oh, Peoria has been absolutely wonderful. <laughs> In fact, the weather has been terrific, truly. Uh, Tony, you'll remember last year, the first couple of weeks here were cold. brutal. It yeah. was cold. It has been beautiful. Blue skies, sun shining. I have walked around in just my, my polo at times. It has been absolutely gorgeous, and it's been a good time. And, uh, Tony, look forward to seeing you out here soon. But yeah. it's uh, it's it's been terrific. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I love this stuff, and I love this time of year, and, and watching the guys just, you know, do things you see little leaguers do, right? Back yeah, to the basics yeah. and the fundamentals and the drills and everything that spring training is. So it's it's been great so far, truly. It, it, it's funny because I, I actually spoke to Jesse and I, or Jesse Agler and I were texting back and forth. He was we were having a good laugh about the Anthony Rendon story that came out over the yeah. weekend. But he that was the first thing he mentioned. He said, "Man, this weather." He's always actually kind of hot out here. Like it's not yeah. it's not the same thing we've been dealing with over the last uh, couple of spring trains. And Sam, obviously this time of year everybody's super excited. It's like the first first week of school, right? Everybody shows up, haven't seen each other over. Uh, the winter and 
And, and, and as things are starting to come together, what are some of the things that uh, have, you know, at least popped out to you uh, as the whole squad has kind of uh, entered the phase here? Yeah, look, it's obviously a different year and a different team and different expectations. And there are plenty of names that were here a year ago that are no longer here. So it is a a different team in in a different season. But I would say a few themes pop out. I think, number one, a new manager in Mike Schilt. You know, we, we, we heard from the very start when Mike was hired about how detail oriented he was, how about the fundamentals. Uh, He was, and that has really shined through, I think, already in spring training. I said it a little bit earlier on the morning show, but anything you ask Mike Schultz about, he has a very detailed answer, and he thinks about baseball stuff in a way that I I don't think a lot of us think about it. I'll give you an example. The other day, uh, he, he had an answer to a question during his daily media scrum about off days, and it was something that maybe most people would give a second or two of thought, but he had a three, four minute answer on off days and what kinds of off days there, there are and, and how it fits into a season. It was a fascinating answer that I have to post at some point, but it was a really good example and good reminder of how detail oriented Mike Schilt is. So that's been impressive. Number one, number two, there's certainly an acknowledgement of what, transpired last season, the disappointment of it, what went wrong. And I think there's also a sense of this team and its leadership understands that they have to play as a team and they have to play together. And there does have to be uh, sort of a a checking of egos at the door. It's something I just talked to Jake Cronenworth about. I just did a one-on-one with him and he echoed that. We've heard Joe Musgrove talk about that. Um, there's certainly a sense of, of they need to play as a group, as a cohesive unit, as a team, and maybe an acknowledgement that they didn't battle through adversity all that well last year. That's been something a number of guys have said, and, and hopefully they've learned that lesson as a group, including uh, you know the star players and the leaders on this team. So that's also a big theme. And then beyond that, on the field, with the roster constructed currently the way it is, there's just so much opportunity for guys. There, there just simply is. Whether you want to look at the young guys right now competing for outfield spots, guys like Jackson Merrill, guys like Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy is here working out with that group. The rotation spots, you have two guys that came over for, from the Yankees that I know the organization is really impressed with and Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito. But I will tell you, I would not count out Matt Waldron and Pedro Avila in that conversation either. I think there's a very good possibility, and those guys have a very good chance of making this rotation and making this club if they impress. And, uh, you know, I'll potentially throw another name into the mix, Jairo Iriarte, who is really young. But my goodness, Tony, you're going to watch this guy throw, and it is awfully, awfully impressive. I'm not... You're saying that he's going to make the rotation out of spring training, but you know, you, you watch him and you start to envision a world where, man, if he impresses to the degree he's capable of, anything is possible, right? Yeah. So the, the point being, there is open competition for a ton, a ton of different spots. And look, we understand that the roster is, is perhaps not complete yet. There, you know, I think we would still all be surprised if there's not another move or two to be made. 
But the point is, is that right now there is opportunity abound for a number of different guys. And from that sense, it's an interesting spring training so far. And it's fun to watch these guys perform. And right now they're battling for what are open spots. And a lot of question marks means a lot of answers need to be uh, provided during the course of spring training. So all that is good stuff. And I would say those three themes are probably the, the main takeaways so far. Sammy Levitt is with us. He's in Peoria. Tony's headed to Peoria here in a couple of days, and uh, we're getting reports, uh, you know, right there with the Padres. Sam, you know, Tony and I were already discussing, and you talked, you you referenced it that there are some potential holes here. Uh, leave the starting rotation out for a minute. Uh, if the see if there are no more moves made, if there are no moves, and that's a big if because I think some moves will be made as you as do you. But who would you put at third base? Who would you put at DH? Who would you put in the outfield? on opening day in Korea? Well, let's start with third base. Um, look, Manny looks great, and the throwing looks really good, and everything we've heard, everything we've seen has been really, really good, and, and they have not ruled out the idea of Manny being ready for those games in Korea or on opening day at Petco Park. So that, to me, is still on the table. I mean, everything we've heard from Manny and seen from Manny, it, it looks good. Now, he's talked about it. It's about the repetition day-to-day and seeing what his arm can handle, and it's still a process, so there's no guarantee of anything, but I don't think that's totally out of the question. But let's you know live in a world where, where that doesn't happen. Um, look, I think that it's pretty – well, you know, it's funny, Chris. I haven't really thought about it since Xander Bogart, uh, since that was announced he was going to second base. So – Third base, look, the options you have are, are what they are, right? I mean, it would have to be a situation where either Ha-Sung Kim is playing third base and you have somebody else playing shortstop or um, or you have somebody else playing third base, somebody like a Matthew Batten, somebody like a, a Graham Pauly who can play over there. Um, look, these are the guys that are in camp and these are the guys that are competing for those spots right now. So I, I don't totally know the answer at third base. Yeah. As far as the outfield, look, Do you think I Jackson think Merrill prefer- is ready to step into one of those spots if they had to? Well, well, I, I think this, in, in getting to the outfield, look, Jackson Merrill is going to play the outfield at the, at the outset of spring training. It's where he's worked at exclusively so far since full squad workouts began. And it is very, very clear that they want to work him into the outfield where he has very limited experience. So, you know, if Manny's not at third base opening day, could Jackson Merrill somehow fit into that infield? I suppose it's possible, but when you focus on just the outfield itself, I mean, guys, right now, yeah. I mean, I would put Jackson Merrill right right in that conversation, maybe even leading that conversation, unless you're going to go with, you know, one of the guys you brought in is a, a another non-roster invite who isn't necessarily a, a prospect, but somebody else you brought in. But right now, your options out there are Merrill or Azokar, and I'm talking about both left and center, but it's Merrill, Azokar, Graham Pauly. I mean, that's who's here right now. And look, like you said, I think we'd all be surprised if there's not another move made, and we know Jerks and Profar is going to show up at some point. Uh, it's been reported, not announced by the team officially, but it certainly sounds like he'll be on his way at some point. That's that. Those are the names you're considering right now because that's who's here, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to knock anybody, but that's the reality right now when you look inside that clubhouse. So um, you ask the question, do I think Merrill's ready for it? Look, we're going to learn over the course of the coming weeks 
what that outfield experience ultimately translates into in real game action. It's really hard to gauge it, I find, during spring training drills. I mean, what can you really learn from that? He looks good. He's certainly putting in the work to get better out there. But I do think, just on the Merrill part of it, I do think if that spot is open and Jackson Merrill is proving both defensively and offensively he's ready, oh, yeah, I think there is a real, real chance he is on this opening day roster and in that opening day lineup and watching him hit. I mean, it's there. It really is. And we know the kind of prospect he is and we know the talent level. So do I think that's on the table based on his talent and what this roster is right now? I absolutely do. But I, you know, it's very, very hard to project what each spot looks like right now because there's just a lot we don't know. And uh, there, there are spots where, uh, where guys have not played a whole lot where they may be playing come opening day in Korea. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, if you, you just take everything into account that the Padres ha- have kind of um, been presented with, there has to be some young guy who's going to step up, whether it's in the rotation, could be in the outfield in Jackson Merrill. Yeah, they're going to be younger in spots. That's I don't think there's any question about it. Hopefully there is a move made on the horizon. We'll, we'll see Sammy, Sammy Levitt joins us here live from Padres Spring Training, presented by your San Diego County Toyota Dealer Association. Make We make it easy, and Sam makes it easy for us here as we were talking a little bit about the Padres. Sam, Chris and I were talking about the starting rotation, particularly Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. They had a, a, yeah. a little bit of a weird uh, spring training last year. They have come in fully seeming like ready to hit the ground running here in 2024. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of a kind of peek inside of uh, perhaps what the Padres are thinking at the top of this rotation. Joe Musgrove will get an opportunity to start the first uh, spring training game on Thursday. Uh, just listening to how that conversation broke down in the scrum, I, it feels like Joe could, assuming everything stays the same, could be on his way to starting uh, that op- home opener, or not home opener, Korea opener, uh, a month from now. Yeah, it certainly sounds like Joe is going to start one and you will start the other. Which order they go in, I, I don't know that we can project out that far. And I think Mike Schultz has been pretty clear that he doesn't want us, I guess, as media and, and the fans to read too far into who's starting Cactus League games at this point. But it certainly seems that way and it would make all the sense in the world that with those two games just sitting out there uh in in mid-march that you'd want joe and you to pitch those games and the good news with those two guys regardless of how it ultimately shakes out for the games in korea is that they both are healthy and looking good and feeling good Uh, joe threw a bullpen today and they seemed really pleased with how he looked and seemed like he was very pleased with how it went and you Darvish yesterday through a live BP, and from the looks of it, they were pleased with how that went, and they're healthy, which is very important. So we know how important those two are to the very top of this rotation. And I'm with you, Tony. I think you know if you sort of read the tea leaves based on who's starting uh, at least uh, Thursday's game and Joe Musgrove. Yes, I would say probably a pretty good chance that he will start one of those games in Korea, how it ultimately schedules out, who knows, as we get closer. But, uh, yeah, I I would still say I would, you know, if if both are healthy, I would be pretty surprised if Darvish and and Musgrove weren't starting those two games. But, like I said, Mike Schilt uh, has, has, you know, kind of urged us not to read too too far into it yet, which I understand. So So we'll see. Uh, We'll we'll get answers. But, uh, hey, it'll be good to see Joe out there on a – 
you know, on a, a real mound against real uh, opponents on Thursday, along with Michael King and Yuki Matsui, uh, supposed to pitch on Thursday against the Dodgers as well here in Peoria. And tell you what, a lot of rave reviews about him yeah, from his live yeah. BT yesterday and what he's looked like. So good stuff on Yuki too. A lot of uh, get a chance to see some of these new pieces the Padres have, some of the old pieces that have been very good in a Padre uniform starting on Thursday. Sam, appreciate the time, man. We'll be doing this quite often over the next month. Uh, and keep enjoying that weather, man. Yeah, I will. Tony, we need you out here. I'm excited for you to get here, and you can join in on the Peoria fun, all the <laughs> all the great times here in Peoria. So I'll see you soon. All right, Savvy. <laughs> take care, brother. Savvy Levitt uh, out in Peoria. Does Sammy throw a nice, uh, nice uh, mean party over there in Peoria? You Bring know, everybody, have everybody uh, come by? As we talked Cocktails about. and such. As we talked about last year, Sammy was having the time of his life for the first two weeks last year. Yeah. And then at some point he hit that wall and he just oh. looked like he was ready to come home. Uh, so well, I'm happy to hear he's... that he is enjoying himself right now. He'll be, very, he'll be better prepared this year, hopefully. I, I feel like Sam's the guy who, when he throws a party, he makes sure that there are plenty of hors d'oeuvres ready to go. <laughs> just, I don't know why. <laughs> That's a that great observation. Like stuffed He's mushrooms. <laughs> and they're they're all like frozen because he doesn't have the time to actually make everything. <laughs> see, I, I don't see him as having a frozen. I have everything is perfect. Oh, he's chopping. Yeah, he, uh, him and Don Arcillo <laughs> are chopping things up. <laughs> Let's get to break. Daily Gambit on the way. We made some bets. See how we did on the other side. We're going to Chris. Hey, Raren, to go on hour number two of Gwen and Chris. Welcome back to the program. 301 is the time. Thanks to Sammy Levitt. Checking in with us down in Peoria, Casello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios here in rainy San Diego, California. Coming up, the Daily Gambit, also in this hour, will have a Chris's Fantabulous Sports Game Show. Always fun to see Scraby struggling through that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That's that was uh, strong. That's my my fan club. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like when they introduce my name, refereeing a basketball game, I get a similar oh. response. Yeah, I'm used to that. Uh, anybody wonder why we do the daily gambit every day on the program? Oh, uh, I here's why. The American sports betting industry expanded, reaching a high water mark in 2023, posting a record 10.92. Billion dollars in revenue, according to the American Gaming Association's annual report. I, I got that it. is ten point nine billion in revenue. That's what they. That's what they gained. That's what they gained. <laughs> For all of you out there who never lose a bet, they somehow won nearly eleven billion dollars. On you people wagering on this stuff. It honestly is one of the smartest things we've ever done on this show. Because neither, none, either, all three of us are not people who gamble right. at all. Yet, we do this every day because most Everybody people... Everybody out there does. <laughs> I love paying attention to it. Not necessarily right. going to put it's, down money. It, it but... actually is fun to pay attention to because there's usually lots of some, some craziness going on in there that's fun to talk about. Yeah. It's unbelievable how much money the handle... Which means this is how much was bet last year, according to the American Gaming Association, $119 billion. That was wagered wow. last year. 
And not every state has it legally it's not even legal, allowed. right? Yeah, and half the so, states. So that's just what's what's legal right there, I'm assuming. Yes. Has that's not be. even that's Has not even the, the black yes. market of gambling. Right. They're talking about the fact that Kentucky, <laughs> Maine, bookies. Massachusetts, Nebraska, and Ohio all legalized gambling last year. So that allowed for the increase, right. five new states. So but that's all legalized. Right. Yeah. That's right. There's another how many billion bet that we don't know about? Yeah. There's probably more. Yeah. Billion bet that's <laughs> You're probably that we right, can't Tony. keep track of. Having said that. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> and let's get into today's Daily Gambit. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh, winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is a mortal lock. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit's our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Please, everybody, gamble responsibly. Uh, I I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the 5 plus 7 model... For why is football? it the lamest name of all time? Because <laughs> it's... Because college, college football came up with it. That's is it, why. I mean, there's 12 teams, so five plus seven. It's like, really? Well, I think it's to highlight the top five conference winners. Plus champions, the seven And then other the seven best. others. The seven SEC teams that they're going to give <laughs> all That's of what, the... Uh, I know Kirk Kitty told us that it's a good thing for San Diego State. It just, I'm jaded at this point. I am too. It feels like It feels like a trap. Yeah, Kirk's trying to tell us that the fifth champion... If it is San Diego State from the Mountain West, they would have a chance to get into the playoff under those circumstances. Well, the Pac-2 is no longer a Power 5. That's no. right. No. No, so they're we'll not. That <laughs> they're a Power 2. The Pac-2. I do love it when they reference it in articles, <laughs> the, the Pac-2. Pac-2. Yeah. It's like, that's not actually a thing. And it's, not, hey, it's not a positive thing either, this? by Congratulations the Congratulations to the Pac-2. They announced a new commissioner today. There's How a about job. that? There's a job for somebody. They were not happy Who with the old commissioner. Who takes on the sinking ship that's the Pac-2? I don't know, but she got it was a, a, a woman. She got a lot of accolades. I mean, everybody, you know, oh, man, she's great. She's She might be great. She just doesn't have anything to do. I, I tell you what, <laughs> if she pulls this off, I mean, yeah, whoever right. the last commissioner was that lost all the teams, yeah. you just want to do the, something or other. You want to do the opposite of that at yeah. this point. Clavos- Clavacos? It was a something tough name. Like that. You know I'm not going to try because I'll yeah, butcher it. <laughs> All right, here's some of the bets that we made on Friday. And the first one would be the Longhorns against USD in baseball. Longhorns were minus two and a five. Two and a five. <laughs> two and a five. <laughs> two and a five, man. Five minus plus seven, I thought you said. Two and a, two and a half run uh, spread. So Chris and Tony chose USD. I chose Texas. Texas won. And they won by four, yeah. seven to three. Yeah. USD won in that series. Yeah, they did. They the did. USD won one of the three games, but apparently they led all three games oh, okay. down there. So They got a good coach. Yes, they do. Brock, He's an ass. Brock Ungrich. That's right. I didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure. I would say I almost <laughs> said Ungrich or something. <laughs> I don't know. even know. I got you, dog. Uh, Aztecs one. basketball team, they played New Mexico on New Mexico on Friday. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Aztecs were favorites in the game, Chris. I, I kind of was in and out on this one. I think they were favorites Aztecs in the game. Aztecs were favored by six. Six. 
So you guys chose the Aztecs, right? Yes, I we did. I chose New Mexico. No, I was wrong. No, we didn't. Or no, I didn't. You chose New Mexico. I chose I New, New Mexico. I took New Mexico. I yes. thought it would be a closer game. The Aztecs impressed me. And yeah. kudos to, uh, uh, what is it, Saunders, yeah. the kid off the bench. Yes. I mean, you know, first he started all year, and then they took him out of the starting lineup. Comes off the bench the other night. Scored eight points in about six seconds. Got the lob from Bird. Lob dunk. That kind of put the exclamation point on that victory. I mean, good for him because he's. And there was a nice story that Ziegler did today, and and um, Brian Dutcher referenced him and said, you know, he went through a, a time where he was really struggling. He couldn't make a shot. He was, you know, in there and it wasn't working. And he said, you know, with social media the way it is. He was taking a pounding from people out there. And you people got to realize these are college athletes, students. Be a little more careful on some of the criticism out there. These are young people. Yeah. You Does know? it change now that they make money? Maybe some, but still. I mean, I, I don't know. Hey, you got to keep, it, I keep would, it reasonable. I would feel differently had, like, maybe the social media escalated as they st- it's the same social media that they've been having since before they were making That's money true. Yeah. i just in some ways it's it's really good practice for these young men yeah but in some ways it it, it can it can be a, a it detriment can really it, can, be, it, it can tear somebody it can down. tear you up but this kid uh, you know got it back together came off the bench and really was the hero of that victory on friday night so i was really happy for him and our guy jalen house the uh, he didn't have one. He, he didn't have a great game, no, and uh, the fans enjoyed every minute of his struggles. I think he had five or six turnovers, and it was nice to see. But you know what? What I liked is the Aztecs didn't need the team. The Aztecs paid him no attention. None, none. They just went right on through and said, "Let's just dismantle they, New Mexico." They and win almost the game. acted as though yeah. New Mexico wasn't even there. That was a great job by the Aztecs. Their yeah. mindset was perfect for that game. Uh, I don't think it was this game, but we did confirm, by the way, Bill Vinovich was the referee for the Aztecs game. I think it may have been on like Tuesday. A Tuesday game against before, Colorado yeah. State. Like, how crazy week. is that? The guy just gets done doing the Super Bowl, yep. and he's in Viejas Arena doing an Aztecs game two days later. That's, That's pretty right. crazy. That's what uh, UConn played Marquette over the weekend. A great week right there if you're him. Yeah, that is yes. a great week. Uh, Marquette. Chris and I chose Marquette. UConn was a seven-point favorite in the game. Tony chose UConn, and UConn won. It was a close one. 81-53. Yeah. (laughs) 28 points. They smacked Marquette. They smacked Marquette. Both teams are in the top five going into the game. That was the highest spread in a matchup between two top five teams ever. Oh, wow. They beat them by 30 points. That's never happened. Seven, I, I mean, so. UConn's looking off. I was good. about to say it's it. It could be a, an omen moving forward. Like UConn is touching up top five teams like this. Yeah, and we saw what they did last year uh, against us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so they, they scare you. Colorado State four point favorite over Utah State on Friday. Chris and Tony chose Colorado State. I chose Utah State. If you can't tell, I'm having a really bad betting weekend. Yes, you are. Colorado State won another close one, seventy five fifty five. So twenty points there. Uh, the West in the All Star game. I watched a lot of the All Star game. God bless your heart, Scraby. I that stopped watching as the game went along because they I, also stopped playing as <laughs> they, the game went along. I, there was something that told me before. The the game started maybe it was all of the last couple of all-star games that this was not going to be worth watching and so i liked it not to watch and i tell you my face lit up when i checked my phone at the end of the first quarter 
and I saw that they were close to 50. I was like, I, I have, I'm definitely not turning back to this, turning no. to this game now. I mean, they're not even. I mean, I, I think by now everybody's heard we had we had the the holiday yesterday, so you got time to sit at home and and listen to the everybody complain about how brutal this All Star game was. Yes, especially at, the old time people. Yeah, I mean, even some of the the the, the newer really? guys who had just retired were and like, were this just is like this is terrible. this is terrible. Yeah. Well, you leave, you, you leave an NBA player, an all-star, open, he's going to make the shot. Here's the thing. And I, and, I, and I hope at some point Adam Silver, the Players Association, the, some of the players sit down in, like, in a room and remind each other that the all-star game, although it's an exhibition, it is supposed to be, like, the best pickup game ever. Yeah. You go to, I mean, some of the local gyms. And I guarantee you, some of these guys play harder in the in the off season when they're playing these pickup games. Yeah. At least from a defensive standpoint, they need to remember that a lot of people only watch the All Star Game, right? And they think, my goodness, if this is what the NBA is, I'm not tuning back in. I, I it's get a bad listen, look. I there is there is a way to play in which you're not out trying to hurt each other. It was done for a long time. They yeah. get it. Whether it was the seventies, eighties, nineties, early two thousand, yeah, they played some they great played All-Star hard. Games. I can't. I think it was the two thousand two. I posted it. It was. It was like the last two minutes of a game that featured Kobe Bryant, Steph, and it was a back and forth of good basketball, yeah. actual staying in front of somebody, and it made it more entertaining. I just think they got to get back to that. Well. West were favored when we made the bet by two and a half points. And by the, the way, game. Chris called this. At, yes, he did. He called this. I told oh, him in I the did. break. Uh, all of us chose the West. We were wrong because the East won two eleven <laughs> to one eighty six. Chris said this would be the first time somebody scores over two hundred points. Two was with ease. With ease. The All Star game over under was three sixty three. Chris said over. Tony and I said under, and it was That's well wishful, over three hundred ninety seven points. I, I tell you, I mean, my man, Dave, my man, Damian Lillard was shooting half court shots and making and them. making them. Don't get me wrong, he's making them. Nobody in trying to guard him. No, Lucas shot a three quarter shot on a regular <laughs> offensive set his, one time. His, he tweeted during halftime, <laughs> which was hilarious. He said the analytics said that was what he was supposed to do: get a two for one. <laughs> He fired uh, from the backcourt. I enjoyed it for the most part. Nah, it's not enjoyable. I enjoyed the celebrity game more than I enjoyed the you actual All-Star to, game. You might be able to enjoy that, but you can't call that basketball. Nah. That's nah. not basketball. Okay. There was a time where those guys looked at one another like, oh, I'm measuring myself here today against whoever's in front of me. All right. With all that said. Yes. This hour is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Now, one guy... I don't know why he keeps getting lucky in life. This is really perturbing. Oh scraping. yeah, Eli you know, Manning. We may not be able to continue the show once he gets. <laughs> He's brought it up before one. we he came is on so here. So irate about this, <laughs> Eli. I'm not irate uh, at Eli, but he won the genetic lottery by being an NFL quarterback. He also won the life lottery by winning two Super Bowl MVPs and two Super Bowls. He's also winning. The craps lottery because he made over forty thousand dollars at the craps table. Apparently, he was in some casino in like Pennsylvania. I don't actually know that that's true, but uh, he was there from two or nine thirty p.m. till after two thirty a.m. It was actually Rock Ho- the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida, and so he was there winning, high five, and everyone. 
But I just brought this up because why in the world does a guy like that get more luck? Like, come on. Come on. Luck deity. You're the only one luck that who? is deity. bothered by this. You're really the only one that is bothered by this. You also, you also don't know how many times Eli Manning has lost gambling. Yeah. He That's doesn't true, report Scraby. that. Nobody yeah, you're right. It's a story when he loses ten grand, and but I he bet seems you he to be has. doing okay. You but know, I don't scra- know. You know, it'd be scrape if you saying if they did report they left, this guy out here wasting Whoops. ten thousand dollars gambling yeah. right now. I, no, I wouldn't. But I, I accidentally scrape doesn't like to see music. anybody have uh, a happy night. I actually, I mean, he's had many a happy nights. He won two Super Bowls. Is, there, Bowl. is, there, a is there a limit to how many happy nights you can have? Yeah, the genetic lottery. You know, just it limits you. Once you get the genetic lottery, you gotta don't chill. Don't get me started. Don't on be having good luck, Chris. This is coming from somebody who's still <laughs> looking to enjoy their first night. Yes, that's true, <laughs> Chris. All right, on away. the board tonight we have uh, Utah State hosting the Aztecs, and uh, we talked about this already. Big game for both teams. Utah State at home. Is a two and a half point favorite. I'll just go right with the Aztecs. There's no way I could pick anything else. Tony. The Aztecas. The Aztecas. Scraby. Aztecs. All of us. Well, they got to win one of these on the road, and this is their really their last chance to get a big one. Jaden Ledee, 18 and a half points. Over or under? Tony. Uh, over. Over. Uh, Scraby. You know, he was just named, let me go make National sure. Player of the Week, Thank I believe. You. Oscar Robertson National yes, Player of the Week. That's what he was looking for, the official name. Yeah, yeah. He's looking for. I am going to go over because of that. Because of that? What did Tony say? He said over as well. Right. I'm, I'm going to, and I mean, he came on the show last week. You know what? I was going to give him some credit to the Utah State guy uh, who was going to be guarding him, Osador. Osador. The guy's first name is Great. Great? <laughs> yeah. The Utah State Center. His first name is Great, and I, he's, uh, he's a big guy just like Ladee. The two of them kind of canceled each other out in the first meeting. That's but a tough I'm gonna, one. I'm going to go with Ladee tonight because he came live on the show to. last week. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll take a over. St. Mary's, 7.5 over USF. Bring this up, A, because Scraby went to USF. B, because St. Mary's right now has the second longest winning streak in the nation. They just blew out They've won team, 13 in a row. Yeah, go St. Mary's. The Aztecs beat them earlier this year, so that's the... Uh, Keep winning. That's why that's good. Uh, Scraby, you're first. You're taking your Dons on the road? Right. Yes, I am taking them on the road. It's not really a road game. I mean, St. Mary's is like 45 minutes. It's a drive. road game. Well, in that Freddy. traffic, it's about an hour and a half, if you know what I mean. Thanks for letting us know you know <laughs> the I way. I take St. Mary's. Always take the home team in these college basketball games, except if it's Utah State. Tony. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Uh, UConn, number one in the nation, getting a big test tonight, or at least on paper they are. They are a two and a half point favorite at Creighton. Creighton is in the top 15. We just discussed how UConn's been blowing everybody out. I'm going to, God, they just keep, well, I'm going to take them again. UConn, even on the road, even though normally these teams struggle on the road. Tony. Yeah, no, nah, it's UConn. UConn anyway. Scrape? Yeah, no, nah, it's UConn. All of us go to UConn. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> takes Creighton there. And one final game, uh, we go to the ice for the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Come on, Kings! One and a half goal favorite. Them. They never do what they I want never, them to do. <laughs> against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets are last place in the Metropolitan Division. 
was it another two, two, two goal, one and a half again? One and a, just one and a half. <laughs> of uh, course, Kings are having a good enough season to be in the playoffs. Now they fired their coach, didn't they? The Kings? Oh no, that was somebody no, else. That huh? was somebody else. Kings are the number seven team in the West <laughs> right now, so they're they're in the playoffs, but they got to keep winning. Uh, Tony, Kings? No, I mean they let me down on this one and a half goal thing mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm keep keep bumping my head. Go with the Kings. Goes with the Kings. Scraby, you never get this right. Blue Jackets. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, Scrape, smart man. You just, right, I'm not, you're not doing little, it again. I'm little gonna go note. opposite of Scrape. Little note for you guys. It's time to go to break. All right, I'm done. Uh, Daily Gambit in the bank. Gwen and Chris rolls along. Don't forget, we're 10 minutes away from the Fantabulous Sports Game Show. Traffic now. I know I teased Anthony Rendon and his comments, but we don't have enough time to really dive into it. So instead, we'll focus on uh, something that. Seems to bother Scraby. The five plus seven format of the college football playoff. Of course, uh, college football officially adopted uh, that format with the intentions of putting it in play for the 2024 season uh, here coming up at the end of the year. Uh, as we explained, the five are the five top rated conference champions. And then the other seven spots are, what is it, the seven highest Seven highest ranked teams, ranked teams or going. seven teams from the SEC. <laughs> However you Basically, want to slice we'll it. fill in all the at-large spots. This, we know this. This was a, a no-brainer. This was something that they tried to put in place last year, but they had a few holdouts, I, I think, from the Big Ten and, and maybe one or the other. Or I think, the, actually, ironically, the Pac-12, I think, was the other yeah. uh, conference that kind of held that up. So they weren't able to do it this year. Next year, though, it does seem like it's it's going to be in play. and. This is kind of a, as I said, a no-brainer for college football. I hope it works yeah, me too. Um, in the sense because I'm, I'm. It's look- a no-brainer in terms of adding teams. Now, yeah. how these teams are added, we'll, we'll, we'll actually find out. I'm looking for the looking out for the little guy, of yeah. course. I mean, I know that the ACC champion is going to be in the playoff, right? Yep. The Big Ten in the playoff going to be in the playoffs. Big Twelve in the playoffs. SEC all four. So that's four spots right, right. there every year. There's no more Power Five, by the way. Right, there's a there's a which power is, four, which but... is which is when they originally came up with this idea, there was a power five. So right, the idea was that every one of those conferences would of those get at would least get one. one. Now there's only four to take a spot. So here's how it works for the Aztecs: they have to win the Mountain West, and in winning it, they have to be the highest ranked team among all the teams in Conference USA, Mid American Conference. Uh, Sun Belt Conference, AAC, and now the AAC is normally the American Athletic Conference, but that one's been the one that would be the toughest for the Aztecs to crack. But now a lot of those teams have left. That's right. So that's where Kirk Kenny, you know, texted us last week or whenever we talked about this and said, you know, if the Az- the Mountain West is likely to be that fifth team just because that will be the the best. Remaining conference. Now that that also is important, not just for the Aztecs to be good or to be competitive, but for the rest of the teams to yes. be good, competitive, because that that in essence helps yes. your entire conference. Correct. So the Aztecs have to be good and win what is judged to be the best conference, because we all know that the Aztecs could go twelve and zero, and that's 
I mean, let's be realistic. They were four and eight last year. Twelve and zero would be a hell of a jump for Sean Lewis in his first in year. year one. Yes, it yeah. would be. But let's if they go twelve and zero, we know they're still not going to be ranked among the top twelve teams in the nation. So they would have to have a an impressive enough twelve and zero to gain that fifth spot, because the seven at large bursts are going to go to the second, third, fourth place team in the SEC. Yep in the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the ACC. We know this because we've been around college football long enough. We've seen it. Yes. <laughs> we've seen it unfold in front yes. of our very eyes. And the interesting thing, with a 12-team playoff, keep this in mind, the top four would get a bye in the first round, right? They wouldn't play. So that means that if you win the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, or ACC, you're probably not going to play in the first round. The other eight teams will play each other. If the Aztecs were to get in, they would probably be seated 12. Right. They'd be in the back. Even if they were 12 and 0. So they would draw the best at large team in the first round, the team that's seated fifth. And that's 5 versus 12. 5 versus 12. So they're making it next to impossible for a team like the Aztecs to really compete for the national championship. But. At least there's a chance. <laughs> so the door, there's a chance. The door is a little bit ajar now, and I think that's what's nice about it, because it gives you it gives you something to play for during the course of the regular season, now, other than just your conference title. I'll be fully transparent. As much as it is a chance, what I think is going to happen, yeah, is somehow that eleventh, twelfth spot will go somewhere else. It'll go to however you want to slice it. Do you think that they're going to still find a way I, I, to, to I, keep the Aztec because because the Aztecs aren't going to win the Mountain West at twelve and zero? I no. mean, we're being, you know, we're, we're is, hoping for the greatest outcome possible. Yes, if they're twelve and zero, nobody's going to argue it. But if they win the conference, right, Tony? If they win the conference at nine and three, then somebody somewhere is going to say we've got Florida State here that was eleven one, finished second in the ACC. They have to get in. Or or you look at it as there's a one-year window for it for it to happen. And then all of the, the pressure starts to mount. Yes. Well, what about the 11-1 and one team in this conference? Yeah, yeah. And we're talking right. SEC, Big We've been 10. around this way too long. To I know. hope that's not the case. Yeah. Normally, I'm a, a, a glass-full type of guy, but... You can't be glass-full when it comes <laughs> to the NCAA football. when it comes football. to the NCAA football. No. I'm not. Sorry. Agree with you. All right. Uh, is it me? It is me, huh? Let's yes, get to we break. have to give away something. Oh, we do. And it's not me, by the way. It yeah, is, it is me. Yes, it, it is. is. Me. All right, let's give it away. It says Tony in, Tony out. <laughs> Shut up. <Scott. laughs> a little funny. behind the scenes on our dock, it says Tony in, Tony out, because we always forget. I got lost. I was looking at Chris. Didn't see my name there. You're right, Scrape. Mm-hmm. Uh, pair of tickets to see a home spring training game at the Peoria Complex. How we, what are we what are we doing for this? Are we doing keep a, reading. <laughs> you'll qualify for the grand prize flyaway trip for two, including spring training tickets, a Southwest gift card, and a one night hotel stay. Made possible by Peoria Sports Complex. Visit PeoriaBaseball.com. All right, who for these tickets? The question is, who is the youngest player on the Padres forty man roster? Go. Care of the paperwork there? On what? Did you take care of the paperwork on the prize? I did, yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and the winner you. was? Aiden. 
Aiden, congratulations. Yes. Who yeah. was the answer? Uh, it, his name, I want to get it right. And Aiden said it's so great. He did. It was uh, <laughs> he had to... Jairo Iriarte. Jairo Iriarte. Yes, he was born... Youngest player on the 40-man roster. He was born December 15th, Ugh, 2001. Said, oh. 2001? Yes. Uh, he, he, uh, we had some interesting guesses. Ethan Salas was a popular guest. Sure. I knew that would have been. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that was the... But he's uh, not on the 40-man roster. No, he's not on the 40-man roster. He yeah. does not need to be protected on the 40-man roster as of yet. Mm, that time is coming. Protection, I yes. see. Yeah, so Jairo Iriarte. I was a uh, junior... Soon to be a senior in high school when he was born, which makes me feel very old. 2002? Yeah. 2001. No, he was born in 2001. Yes. He was yeah. December 15, 2001. So basically 2002. December 15, 2001? Yeah. Yeah. That's Started a young my sophomore person. year on the Mesa. Young person. He'd been graduated for years. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. Uh, welcome back to Gwen and Chris. 3.40 is the time. I already get into it. It's going to be our fantabulous sports game show. Tony usually wins these. Scraby usually struggles. And it's fun. And you can play along out there. See how well you can do. I'll give the guys a, uh, a subject. They'll try to guess as many correct answers as possible. Before we get to it, let's check some traffic. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All you beautiful people out there, it's time to play one of our favorite games of the week. All right! We, we like, like to call, call it... Ooh, I'm a go. Chris's Fantabulous Sports Game Show! And it starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, away we go. I'm your host, Chris Ellum. Uh, your contestants, Matt Scraby on one side, Tony Gwynn Jr. on the other. There are 19 correct answers today, guys, and uh, I will give you the uh, category here shortly, and then you will begin to name off correct answers, hopefully. First person to 10 will win the game today, or three strikes, and you're out. Uh, Tony's won the last two or three of these after Scraby did break through with a January win. It's already been almost a month, probably, since I last Probably so. Uh, all right, here's today's category. Listen carefully because this is a it's a it's a tougher one because we have to narrow this down to exactly what the category is. Okay. Today's category, highest paid players in Major League Baseball. Oh. There are 19 guys that are getting paid 30 million dollars or more oh. are we this talking, season. Are we talking AAV? AAV or are we talking total? Annual average income. Word. Annual average income currently. Currently, for this coming season, yeah, there are 19 guys at 30 million or more. Mm. I'm going to give you one off the top here. Oh, the highest paid Padre is Xander Bogarts, according to Sports Track, at 25.4 million dollars for this coming season. Straight cash, homie. And it's the annual average income. You said the highest paid Padre. 
He's the highest so paid means, Padre. Really? Wow. Yes. Slash a off annual, everybody. Remember, changes a lot. Remember annual average income. Yes. I don't want to give anything away, but hopefully you can kind of work around that description. Mm. Because the salaries are paid out in all kinds of different ways in Major League Baseball. Word. But this list is from Spot Track. And I know this is where you go, Scraby, to get yep. uh, he might have it get, memorized. Uh, I don't but. information on salaries. So. I have been looking at a lot of salaries lately. All so. right, nineteen guys are making thirty million or more annual average income for this season. Uh, Scrape, you want to go first, or you want Tony to go first? What do I usually do in this situation? And what you do normally I, you mess whatever you, you do, mess you mess it up. It up. Yeah, that's do. normally what you do. Do I normally go first? No, um, I don't know. You do a little right, bit of both. I'm going to go first. It never works out, whatever way I'm you gonna go. I'm going to go first. And Who are you naming? First one on the list, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, annual average income, $37 million. Correct. Scrape's right. on the board. Woo. Mike Trout is the seventh highest paid player in baseball. According, this again is according to Spot Track 2024 salary rankings, annual average income. Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh oh, um, you out already? No, no. <laughs> you out already? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. First shutout in the history you of said, the fantastic sports Mike game Trout? show. Yes, I'll say uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, Tony. Living dangerously. Very dangerously. Mookie Betts is right on 19th. The dot. 30 million. Um, yeah, right on the dot. He's right on the dot. 30 million exactly for Mookie Betts. He's 19th highest paid player in baseball. Scraby, you are up. Well, we talked about one, him last one tie. week. Justin Verlander is making $43 million. 43.3 to be exact. Oh, I'm sorry, Justin. Scraby, very good. He's tied for second place in the uh, average income. So Verlander is correct. Scraby, nice start. You're off to a 2-1 lead. You can play along out there. See how many of the 19 high-paid players you can get. Tony. Juan Soto. Juan mm. Soto. He's oh. in there. Boy, again, Tony messing with the bottom of the, st- of the uh, list. Soto 17th. At $31 million. So that is correct, Tony. Uh, It doesn't matter where on the list you go. Mm -mm. As long as you're on the list, Mm -hmm. we're tied at two. Scraby, who do you have? Annual average income. Who do you have, buddy? Um, Okay. I want to take a second to Uh, ask. He wants to take a second. Active players only. How much guys are making the 19 guys that are making 30 million in or 2024. more in 2024. Yes, sir. I don't know to... how else other to say no, that. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just don't want to go shot. that route yet. So okay. I'm going to go with the other pitcher, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer tied with Verlander, 43.3. Mm, that was a good one, dog. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Scraby dog. leads 3-2. Uh, you have a name number one, four, five, six, and on down the road, but it's early. There are 14 correct answers remaining. Tony. How about Nolan Arenado? Mm. Nolan Arenado, yeah. I didn't know he was getting paid that well, but oh, yeah. he is. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid at a handsome fee. He's doing okay. $35 million for a guy that didn't even be, wasn't even a finalist for the Gold Glove last year. And I want to just add, because I always pick on Nolan Arenado for some unknown reason. Well, I know the reason. But he had to play <laughs> some really poor defense not to be a finalist. And the reason I say that is because he's an automatic Gold Glove winner every year, no so one... he'd almost have to play himself oh. out of that. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, I'm picking on him <laughs> because he always beats Manny out for every award. All right, three, three. 
Uh, Tony, or no, Scraby's turn here with 13 correct answers remaining. Scrape. What about Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper. Gonna have to give yourself a strike. Bryce Harper, 23rd Yowzers. on the list at 27.5 million dollars. He's not on Sorry, he's checking player. his answers on his phone right Bryce. now. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, the thing, it's one thing to win and lose. It's another thing to just flat out claim on... You know, pretty, national public radio that diabolical. your partner is a cheater. It's pretty diabolical. He's my opponent. He's not my partner. <laughs> For now, right? Yeah. He's kicking me to the curb. Well, yeah. He will be yeah. a partner again after the game yes, is over. and then we'll be back on the same page. Diabolical. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Hey, look, Mike Schultz on MLB Network right now. Good. Because he got one of those Dressed silly... Nice, oh, no. too. He looks nice. He looks better than he normally does with that silly yellow hat. Why do you have such a problem with the yellow hat? He's not. Like Chris is not a feeler of the, uh, the, yellow, feeling, the yellow hat. Padre yellow yeah, hats this yeah. year. Anyway. Uh, how about a Garrett Cole? Garrett ah! Cole. $36 million. Mm. I had him on the list. He's, He's number eight. Though. He's number eight. He's right behind Mike Trout in annual average income. And Tony takes the lead four to three. There are 12 correct answers remaining. Mm-mm-mm. Mr. Scraby, you could use one here since you're down a strike. Well, what? I don't know. I'm going to go in a weird direction. Where are you going, Don't buddy? get hurt. No, I'm going to go you with going, the one buddy? that came to me before the other one. So I'm going to say Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is at $27 Yowza. million. <laughs> Ranks 25th on the list. <laughs> That's two strikes. Are you intentionally just trying to save the guy who's at number one? I, I don't actually. Do don't I'm not. I, I I can't think of who's number one right now. All right, that's fine. Does that's Tony? Fine. It's your turn. I would have thought Verlander was Here's, number uh, one because there's one guy. There, there's one guy that you and I are definitely thinking of, but I don't know how we could His consider average him. Salary is what it is, not what he's making this year. Necessarily. Okay, oh, we gotta okay. take well, him off did, the list. We, I'm not taking we'll, him off we'll, the list. No, we have to take him off the list. Because <laughs> we both the thought list. the same thing. We're thinking the same thing. I'm I not gonna guess him. I'm not leave gonna him use for we'll leave him. I'll leave no, him. No, I don't want to give him. Just <laughs> take him off sport. the list. No, it's a, I mean everybody knows it. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we gonna say who we're talking about? Not yet. Not yet. We'll we'll just save it for the end. How about <laughs> how about <laughs> baseball's favorite son? Anthony Rendon. Yeah. I thought Anthony about it. Rendon. I did. He's on the list. $38 million a year. Whoa! Sixth highest paid player in all of Major My League Baseball. Goodness. Shout out to Ant Dog. Yeah. Hi, Anthony. How are you? <laughs> We're all good. That's a, I mean, yeah, he's, we'll talk about him more later. All right, Scraby, you can use number one now. You know, just use it. Shohei Otani? Yeah, $70 million. That's his annual I'll average take income. It, actually. That's his annual See, average that, that, income. That does throw me off because well, I'm not trying to this... throw anybody off. I mean, he's 70 million. That's what he makes on average per year, and that's why I said that's it as insanity. many times as I could. No, I know. I was trying to lead you guys to that. I know. All right, that's very insanity good. though. He makes 70 million. Yeah, that's here. what he makes on average. All right, the score is five to four. Tony's ahead, and Scraby has two strikes. Did you end up using Shohei? He I did. did. Let me go ahead so and put that I one need down. That. I need so Scraby that. is, uh, yeah, he's in a dire straits here. There are 10 correct answers remaining. We're looking for the 19 Major League Baseball players who make more than $30 million a year, or actually $30 million or more, since Mookie Betts is exactly at $30 million. Tony Gwynn Jr., searching, 
How about um, how about Michael slash Giancarlo Stanton? Hmm. Mike Stanton. Wow, I forgot that that was his name. It's been so long, but he was John Carlo. I should yes, say, not Giancarlo. Yes, he was uh, Mike Stanton. Thirty-two million oh, for Mike Giancarlo my Stanton. That is correct. My goodness, Stanton ranks fifteenth in Major League Baseball. Uh, in uh, average annual income. Scraby, I don't want to help you, but maybe that will help you get another one. All right. Just trying to keep the game moving along. Who was just said? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Jeez, wait. Just give it a answers. Oh, Giancarlo, that's it. Aaron Judge, I'm not sure if he makes over $30 Are you million asking or telling me? It. Aaron Judge, I, I'm being he just serious. signed last year for $40 million a year. I didn't realize it was that much. I mean, it I thought is. maybe they uh, – but it is the average annual Average value. income, $40 million for Judge. Mm-hmm. Scraby, you got the top four answers on the board, but you're still trailing six to five. I got a few up my sleeve All right. that well, are probably better, wrong. Better, better get better ready get to them unleash them. them. I'm you're ready. down I'm two ready. strikes to none. <laughs> Tony's ready. turn. Tony. Uh, you just used Aaron Judge. How about... How about Jacob Degrom? So I'm not sure. Good at this. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Forty million dollars as well for Jacob Degrom. He's tied with Aaron Judge for fourth place on the list. That's crazy. Scherzer, Verlander, Degrom are three of the top five. Are any of them going to pitch this year? I guess Verlander will <laughs> after a little problem or two. You know who has no problem taking the ball? He gets paid a lot of money. He got him on this list. Garrett Cole. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's he right. don't he don't miss very many starts. Yeah, he didn't miss any last even year. yeah, even if he is struggling, he's out there. Good for which him. is very spider rare. Tech is very good. All right, seven five. No one got. We that. got uh, what you say? I said spider tech is very good. Oh, stop cheating! It. Scraby's <laughs> getting a cheating reference in there. All right, seven answers left. Scraby, you need a bunch of them here. Get one. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the one of the highest paid guys I can think of right now, and that would be Corey Seager. Get one, Scrape. Who? Corey Seager. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm doing Rob Manfred. Thank you, Rob Manfred. Corey Seager and Nolan Arenado make the same. $35 million apiece. That is correct. Scraby, nicely done. Seven to six. Six answers left. You guys are doing pretty well. Two strikes on Scraby, none on Tony. I don't like that Scraby is taking names off my list here. I told you I got a few up my sleeve. Yeah, How about the guy that no one wanted to pass? His physical last year. Mm. How about a little Carlos Correa? What's God, the sure? How does Tony know all this? I don't know how he does. Thirty-three point three million for Carlos Correa of the Minnesota Twins. I didn't even know the Minnesota Twins had that much money as a franchise. <laughs> frankly, take my shirt off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they knew until I know. it came back to them. Eight to six in favor of Tony Scrabe. You're down two. Five answers left. These are. I mean, we're getting down to nitty gritty here. Who do you got, Scrabe? Five a, answers remaining. I need to remaining. do some calculations on the calculator. Over well, there. it's your show, and I'm we running. only have a certain amount of time, I'm so only... you figure it out. Uh, that's not it. That's not, not it. it. I'm going to put this one on there. I'm that's not sure it. about it. I'm going to scratch off that one. He's not it. I can't give He's you not any, it! I can't give you any hints. He's not it! I was going to show the YouTube folks my final couple answers I have, but Scraby picked his head up. So, uh, um, You might have seen. Yeah, mm, you don't want to see. give it away. Can't let him see. If Bryce Harper's not on the list, Bryce Harper was close. He was he close. If Manny right Machado's not on the list, Manny's not quite close, there. brother. If Fernando's not on the list, no. yeah, man. All right. Well, 
Oh, wow. We got to get going. I'm just going to maybe end the game right here. Marcus Simeon. Marcus, Marcus Simeon. Simeon. Uh, who's he? He's the second baseman for the uh, the uh, the uh, Rangers. Yeah, he doesn't make enough. So that's the game. Uh, Tony wins it eight to six today. Eli's left five correct answers on the board. Let's hear his music. I mean, the guy, don't, don't, you shortchange. don't shortchange him. His great, celebration you music. You could have said Francisco Lindor. I. That's why I said the Fernando thing because I knew he made just a little you bit more. You could have said, I think, Chris. You have to check me on this one. Alex Bregman. Yeah. Is yeah, Francisco right. Lindor on the list? Yeah. How is Fernando not on the list, but Lindor is? They basically have the same contract. Annual, average. What is, is Lindor's annual value? Four, something, something. Fernando. Remember how? his contract, He put his money was kind of the, the high. It's AAV. Yeah. Come on, but man. But Fernando has an AAV of the same. No? Again, I'm using sports track we as my go. source. We got to go. We got to go. I'll give we're you the gonna, rest of no, the answers. we're going to argue about this in the break. Well, you guys Fine. will probably argue about it when we come back. Too. Win a win a chicken dinner. Chris's versus the fans. Your chance Chris's to play trivia is the fans. I know. It's now. I was hurrying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Just <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Just go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let Tony and I get out of your way. <laughs> it's been a very... It's been a very... <laughs> Uh, contentious break. Welcome everybody to the Scraby Chronicles. They're starting a little early today. Because I am going online to try and find out about these AAVs. And what I'm finding is something completely different. Because Manny Machado, according to AAV, is the highest paid Padre on the list with 31.8. Okay. And then you'll also have Steven Strasburg, who is active. He's making $35 million. That was the guy I was asking about whether or not he was active. Right. So I am officially filing a protest on this. Well, according to, you know, and again, I'm officially filing a protest. Go ahead. (laughs) File your protest, and uh, I'll send it in to the uh, commissioner of the game. uh, Is that you? Yes, guess what? The uh, decision has already been made. You're a loser. No, you're Sorry. you're you're using a different list. And well, I'm first not, of all, you didn't even guess. On. You didn't even guess Manny Machado because you took him off the list before the game even started. <laughs> He's at seventeen million, according to Spot Track, who I think is a pretty good authority on this. Yes, but and you said the way the way they're doing the salary is probably different from the way the website you're looking up. I'm looking at Spot, spot Track. Right now. Well, how can that... His uh, average salary on the Manny Machado page is $31.8 million. Well, according to this list by Spot Track, he's getting $17 million. I That's his base... That's his payroll salary. All right. Well, I'm so sorry. So his payroll salary is much different. Well, I'm sure every single player on this list is different in one way or the other. Uh, as far as I know, the five that you guys did not name are Alex Bregman... Jose Altuve, who I thought you might get when you played the Carlos Correa clip. Mm, Francisco right. Lindor, who Tony mentioned. Steven Strasburg is making $35 million this year, even though he's not active any longer. And probably the most overpaid guy, maybe in the history of the sport, Patrick Corbin. Ooh. There's no way anybody would have got him. He's at $35 million as well. I'm seeing Jose Altuve at $25 million over here on the same website. That's giving me the average annual value of the game. Why is it that that we play this game? Tony just goes ahead and wins. You go ahead and have an issue and Well, because I was guessing guys that – so I'm not guessing guys that you took out off the – Board before we even started the game, you said I Manny wasn't t- even. You said Manny wasn't even close. He isn't. 
According he to is. the list I have. All right. I'm it, gonna, is, it is. It I, is I don't so, know what to tell you, Scrape. Well, you think I'm, I'm like making it up. I'm officially not going to allow Tony to have that win. It's under protest. <laughs> well, you played the music. Once the music <laughs> it's plays, it's all official, over. man. <laughs> you can't get beyond it. Luis has it right. $17 million is what he's going to make in 2024. Not so his average that annual is value. what he was looking for, I guess. Well. So I, he I explains know. the average annual value and then looking for well, the 2024 I, cash. Okay. The reason I went annual average thing is because they got Otani at seventy million. I know he's not making that this year, but that is so I'm the assuming, average of his contract. All right. Well, I'm assuming then that Manny's so, right. average of his That's contract is what at the seventeen. I, I don't know all once, these guys' salaries, and I don't know how everybody's contract works. Yeah. I can only go Sports. by what this you know these guys say, and I use them because I know that's a website you use often. The, and I thought you would find that to be, you know, I did. A, if you were using the right numbers, on, oh. because the, because <laughs> here's here's how you calculate average annual value. Very easy. Yeah. How much is the contract worth over the ex- entirety of it? How many years did they sign for? Shohei Otani, seven hundred million dollars over ten years. He gets seventy million dollars a year. That's what it, that's what the calculation is for. Well, that's now, what they have here. Less so I'm year. assuming that they went with average annual income because that's what his says. Uh, Graham says rigged, and I agree with you, Graham. Yeah, you're right, Graham. Tony and I got together and said, "How can we possibly screw Scraby up this time?" The thing, the th- here's the issue: if this was the only time you ever had an issue, I would give some weight to it. The problem is you kind of have an issue every time we play this game. I'm a little bit of the boy who cried wolf, but I, this I, time, <laughs> this time, I am standing up for I it. I will say, Manny was on my list until we had the discussion before the game started, that, and Otani was off my list until we had the discussion okay. mid-game. So. Wow. You know, Scraby, yeah, I, I, I feel your pain. If you got to hold that L again, though, once, it, once um, again, buddy. If you Sorry. go, if you go, if, if you, honestly, if you search highest major league baseball salaries, one of the very first things that will come up is highest paid major league baseball player salary ranking sporttrack.com. And that's all I clicked on. I didn't go any further than that. All right. And right at the top it says MLB salary rankings. There's Otani. There's Scherzer. There's Verlander. What did you look up? Down. Highest what? Uh, highest Major League Baseball salaries. Unfortunately, that's not. The and it says, terms but it, but if used. you look, if you look at their, if you look at what I'm looking for, it says 2024, all positions, payroll salaries, all teams. That's what it. That's their. It is, it, it, that's Sports their. Track rank. is the first one popped up on mine. Well, that's when what I they go have. to average salaries. Ah, see, it does say. So when you click on it, it says twenty twenty four, and then it says payroll salary. Ah, yeah. that's so, the one. All right. So maybe I should have done average salaries. In which case, I win. Yes, no, you, you don't win anything. Lost. You still lost. I would have guessed all the guys that I didn't guess. Put I gotta it, be put honest it. with you. If you kick pick average salaries. It's the same list here. It looks like you add Manny well, in there. Yeah, you add Manny. Devers is in there as well. I was. You would not him. have guessed Devers. No, I was Stop because it. last year at Petco, I was at a game where he no. had two home runs. Yeah, I was at a game I, with him and too I last year. Him. We don't believe yes, you. Yes, Manny and Devers are in the average category along with Glass now, but they're they're under thirty. The answer would, it would have been seventeen. I also would have guessed Steven Strasburg. So those are two guesses that I didn't guess. Liar. No, you know I, what? That's why I asked the question. Liar. All right. We got to get to We're Chris versus the fans. We're going to move on, but fully under protest. All right, it's All right. under protest. It's a fair protest. If you had one shot. <laughs> 
One opportunity to take down the human almanac himself. Howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know Jen for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. And before everybody gets on Chris's case, I am not saying that Chris is at fault here. I am just saying, because I don't want people... Sounds like it was a I, I simple want... miscommunication. I... Yes, but a, a very heavily weighted <laughs> miscommunication. But I, this is not Chris's fault. Tony will never get to take credit for this win, and we'll just move on. So. <laughs> you know what, Scrape? It really doesn't matter what. if Tony gets credit for the win as long as you don't get credit for the win. <laughs> Tyler said only 44 hours till Padres baseball. <laughs> We take this very seriously on this show. Yes, we, yes, hey, we do. Hey, Chris will tell you, if you love Mediterranean food, try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine in Coronado or La Jolla for dining or takeout options. Visit Spiro'sCuisine.com. Now, if you qualify, or t- today, actually, if you do beat Chris, you are qualified for a grand prize, two-night stay at Westgate, Las Vegas, and two tickets to Air Supply. With a legacy spanning decades, Air Supply continues to captivate hearts. Now on their 45th anniversary year, the duo continues to play more than 130 shows a year world, worldwide. Join us in celebrating their music and enduring legacy on May 31st and June 1st at the Westgate International Theater at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. All right, now... To the rules. You have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get the question wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or you win. And if you're a first-time player, that was good. let us know before the first question. You will get that question for free. I feel like Chris... Is angry with me. No, right he's now. fine. Okay. okay. I feel good. bad okay, that I okay, didn't okay. get the right list. I don't want you I to tried feel my bad. best. That's yeah, not did. my intention. Yes, you did. No, I'm yeah, not a mean That's, that's why you did all this whole montage you had going on about right list, wrong list. Hey, Chris, you're getting support in the chat. Diego Drip says, can't argue with the umpire. Sure can't. You could have rejected argues me. With the umpire uh, I would beg to time. differ with you. People <laughs> argue with me in every game that I've ever refereed, so I, you can argue with the umpire. Thank you, though, Sergio. Alright, here we go. Let's get to our first contestant. What? His name is Diego. I said, did I not did, say Diego? Did you say Diego already? I said Diego Drip. It doesn't matter. I was just laughing and you stopped me. Okay, Diego, welcome to the show, man. Happy no, to- no, no. Diego was the guy who just commented. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I just asked you for the first contestant. Oh. It's not written anywhere, buddy. Man. You won the game. I go back to the uh, Johnny Carson thing where the, he didn't have the answers in front of him. <laughs> okay. If it could happen to Johnny Carson, <laughs> it, it could happen, happen to, to us. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Now I, I see it in front of my eyes. KC, welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. Hey, fellas. First time player. First time player. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the show. Right to question number two. What 500-plus home run hitter who played for the A's and Cardinals never won an MVP? Uh, Mark McGuire. Hey, now. Nice. Big Mac. Nicely done. You're an all-star. Question number three. This is is a tough one. Over what distance is a human steeplechase run? Human? Human. Is that opposed to, like, alligators running the steeplechase? Do do horses do steeplechases? (laughs) I guess they do. (laughs) 
I've never That's heard funny. of a steeplechase in my life. I was about to ask you, what in the world is a steeplechase? <laughs> it's a track and field uh, event. Okay. He doesn't know. So how far is it? Casey? How far is the race? A hundred, uh, hundred feet. hundred feet. hundred feet. I would definitely win gold in the 100 feet steeplechase. Uh, it's a 3,000 meter steeplechase, I believe. You know that. How does that Because somebody, that... you pull up with a steeplechase, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen I'm it sorry, and just Casey. don't know It's the called. one where there's one big hurdle that they step on and then they jump into a pit of water and then they keep running around the track. What? Oh, you don't I know, do know that, that one is. at all? I, I don't do know that, that I've is. seen yes, that there's one. Like, there's like five yeah. big hurdles and they have to jump. They basically jump on top of the hurdle and then keep going. It's hilarious yeah. when they jump And in there's the water. a water jump I feel well. like I've seen the water part. I just there is a water was, jump in the steeplechase. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's go to our next contestant, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, guys. Here we go. All First right. question. What state do the Royals have their spring training every year? Florida. Florida! Florida. Oh, wow. Scraped with a quick buzzer there. They, uh, I think they were at one time, but they're now in Arizona. I think they're in Surprise! Surprise! Actually. Surprise! <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, indeed. Sorry about that, Andrew. Uh, we moved to our next contestant. Neil, welcome oh, to the show. Neil is there. How do you do? How do you do? Question number Trying one. Trying to butter me up there, Neil. <laughs> I like it. Oh. We just have the first one so we can clear it. Okay. This has been on it for like three weeks and I've avoided asking it. According to Sam Levitt, wherever Sammy goes, what flows? The champagne. There we go. All right. <laughs> Job, I have literally avoided that you question. For According three to years. Sam, Le- I like how it's his own his own saying. He did that. Say he ma- that. No, he did. He, he made it up for himself. On this very show, that yes, is he did. phenomenal. Here we go. Yes, question number two. I don't know what it is about the Royals, but Scraby is on it. It's on a Royal day. It's when I go yeah. to the Royals page. What, what player holds the record for most hits as a Kansas City Royal? George Brett. Yeah, great gotta answer. Be. We got gotta a baseball be. guy here. That was yeah, Neil's on No top hesitation. Of the... No. Bo, Bo um, Jackson, not even close. No, no, he didn't play nearly enough. Bo didn't play. In I think George Brett over yeah. three thousand. George Brett. George yeah. Brett. Yeah. George oh, Brett's way there up there go. on this okay, list. Never mind. On that particular never list. Mind. Dumb question. All right, here we go. Question number three. Name two players. Ooh, this is a this is a tricky one. Tricky. Name two players. Dub. The Killer Bees. Bonds and Bonilla. That is correct, but that okay. is not the answer Scraby's looking okay. for. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, hold no, on. no, no, we're just gonna, that's correct. Okay, so Neil wins. They were the first Killer Bees. Ah, there was two Killer yes. Bees. B.G.O. and Bagwell yes. came later. B.G.O. and Bagwell. Okay, so I went through nicknames of... Fantastic! Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's a fair mistake. He did a hell of a job I didn't know. there, Bonson Neil. Bonilla, my goodness, huh? Neil, that was uh, that was impressive. My that man. was impressive, Neil. Stay right Hang there. Neil the rolled right through that. Uh, uh, yeah, those were the other and the other killer bees was the not quite as famous Miami Dolphin defense of 1982, I believe. Yeah, I missed. That I thought one. that was a, they I made knew the this. Super Bowl and nine of their eleven starters last names on defense started with B. 
Oh, I thought so it was the no-name like defense. The, swarm killer the no-name defense that... was the one that won it all in the 70s. The killer bee defense came along in the 80s, did not win a Super Bowl, but came close. By the way, What's least... funny is in each of the killer bees in terms of the baseball, there was they tried to add a third to it. Oh. So the Pirates, it was Jay Bell. And I it, think it was Derek Bell. Derek Bell for the Astros were part of the killer him. bees. So. Yeah. Uh, Good question, Scrape. Well Thanks. done. I especially by, uh, like the one that I, that's about Sam that Sammy I avoided Love. for so long. Yeah, Lisa Love. on the chat says, "Watch Chariots of Fire for some steeplechase scenes." Yeah. No, don't watch Chariots <laughs> of Fire. It's one of the worst I, oh, movies ever mind. made. I've seen it now. I've, I've seen uh, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, yes. it's the worst. That's, so I know it's, it's a horrible. How can movie. you have a group of people named the same nickname in the because same era? Sports recycles nicknames. Oh, the Killer Bees, Bonds, and Bonilla were well before like Bagwell and Biggio. Early, early 90s? Yeah, mm. well, well before. I know, it's kind of uh, weird. George Brett, all-time leader in hits for Kansas City, 3,154. Second place, second baseman by the name of Frank White, mm. 2006. So it's quite a margin for Brett there. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to catch George there. No. Jorge. <laughs> All right, uh, I think Tony's going to send us to traffic. Let's uh, let's get to break. A little traffic on the other end. More Gwen and Chris as well. All right, welcome back to the program. Four twenty-two is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, Gwen and Chris, ninety-seven-three, the fan. Until six o'clock, then the Scraby Chronicles take over. Missouri prosecutors said today, two adults have been charged with murder in the uh, mass shooting last week. At the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade, uh, they give their names here. Uh, they've both been charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, unlawful use of a weapon. Both have been hospitalized since the incident. The men did not know each other before this happened. They were among several people that were arguing when Lindell Mays pulled his handgun first almost immediately. Several several others did the same, and it was Dominic Miller's gun that fired the shot that killed the mother of two, Lisa Lopez-Galvan. Those, those are the two adults that are being charged and yes. are in the hospital? And they're both in the hospital, but they're also charged with the, with the murder. Uh, so that's the latest on that Kansas City thing. I brought it up to, to get into kind of what has become an interesting discussion. I don't know if you guys saw this. But five hours after this incident, the Kansas City Chiefs had a party at a local sports bar, restaurant, don't exactly what to call it. There's pictures now circulating, and, you know, it's all TMZ. They come up with all this stuff. But there's there's pictures of Kelsey. There's pictures of Brittany Mahomes. So a bunch of other players on the team. They're all there. I'm not going to say they're celebrating. They're just there posing for pictures. Kelsey's taking a selfie with somebody before he goes in. And a lot of people are saying that's a bad look for the Chiefs to have gone through with this gathering after what happened in the uh, in the shooting. I, I don't want to go there. I, I don't think that's fair to be critical of the Chiefs for doing this. I mean, but do you think anybody has a fair point here? Or It's kind of a tough one, isn't it? It is. I mean, they had this party planned. It's not like they're in there dancing and celebrating and, you know, carrying on. But they're having a nice dinner and everybody's kind of there. 
I, I guess. Well, Scraby seems like yeah, Scraby. Scraby. Yeah, this is up your, this is up your alley. <laughs> I uh, at first you I was furious. thinking, man, this is in bad taste. You probably because I, I heard about this last week. I did not bring it to you guys because you guys would crush me for bringing this. But I I am in the mindset of because they weren't celebrating, as Chris said, it was just kind of a stoic type thing, which it would have been a celebration if this didn't happen. But I'm in the mindset of you can't alter your life because of stuff like this. And if you don't if you do alter your life, those people win. And so that's what I think they're okay with because they're not doing anything to let those guys win. See in the in the era of everybody taking photos um, that's right. No, yeah, somebody's no, going to no, no context, it. right? And and recording for that matter. Right. It's hard to to know what their state of mind. I can't imagine them going through what they went through earlier and it being like even if they were at this function, it being like a jovial celebration. Now, I will say this. I'm almost positive that everybody was drinking earlier in the day way yes Um, that's true and so and and not to mention this this they had this thing planned out from the moment they won the super bowl this is a tough one right because you do know that if there is pictures taken and there is video taken it's gonna make you look bad it's going to look the optics of it won't look very good right does that mean that they just completely Forgot or pushed aside what had happened early in the day? No, I don't necessarily think that. Yeah, I don't either. And so I understand why people are like, this is a bad look. But on as Scraby said, on the flip side of that, like, and in their case, it, it you know, they just won a Super Bowl last year. So it's not like, you don't know how many times you win a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. You can't really use that one. No. I don't know. This is a tough one. It's a it tough is. One. I, I, I can't be mad at either side for feeling the way they feel, or in Kansas City's case, you know, doing what they did. It's just another example why uh, TMZ is the best show on television. Because <laughs> they bring they, to light these kinds of, you so, know, discussions, and you just don't know what quite it, right. It's so funny. My Love wife these and I guys. were, something came up, and she was like, TMZ reported it. I was like, well, you can go it's ahead, probably right. you can go you ahead can cash it. it in, because it's they don't miss. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas Apparently, in response to everything that's happened here, uh, said, you know, was wondering at first whether it's time to rethink championship celebrations. I told you. It was and coming. you were the one that kind of brought that to light. But he promised, uh, Quentin Lucas did, that the city will continue to celebrate its victories. Good. There is a St. Patrick's Day parade scheduled for next week. That will go on as scheduled. And I'm going to go back to what Scraby said. If we start postponing everything, right. then the shooters are going to win. So I, I that's th- the great way to look at it I, in a lot of ways, Scrape. I, I think this should be the reaction of, of everyone. Now, the, th- the scary part is, and, you know, God forbid it ever happening, if those continue to happen, let's say in the same way these school shootings happen, I don't know if they'll need to cancel it. People just won't, won't come. go. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great call too, Tony. I was watching uh, Patriots Day a couple weeks ago, the one with uh, about the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah, yeah. and you, there could be stuff taken from those people because they did pick up, and they and some of those people even finished the marathon weeks later, months uh-huh. later. They they finally crossed the finish line, and that was just a symbolism of we're but not going to stop. And you know that's 
you hope that that continues to be the mindset. Like you are not going to deter us from doing what makes us happy, what fulfills us, whatever it might be. Yeah, the we sc- can't do that. The scary part is that, you know, everybody's resolve at some point has is like, all right, enough is enough. I, I'm not risking it. And that's what you don't want to happen. Yeah. Well, it is uh, it is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, you, you're damned if you do. I guess you're damned if you don't. But, uh, you know, the, the solution to all of it would be for all of us out there to treat each other a little better. Word up. All right. Time out on the floor. Coming back with 20. The big five. <laughs> Tony, call a 20 second timeout, Chris. We got yeah. no time. They don't have any. I, do they have those? I don't think they have 20s I think anymore. In, the, in, the, in high school, it's a 30 or a 60. There used to be 20. I remember the 20 second timeout. All right, well, we're going to need more than a 30 or 60. So. We need more to recover after that segment? Yes, I think so. All right, well, we'll take what we can get, and then we'll come back with more Gwyn and Chris. 4.36 on the clock. Blake Snell has an offer on the table from the Yankees, according to sources. Now, I don't know if this is the same offer, if it's a, a new offer. I do have read reports that um, there's never been a counter from Blake Snell's camp. So ah. don't know if this is the first one or if this is a new one. Maybe uh, it's so insulting that he couldn't even counter. Maybe. Maybe he was great. looking at Chris's list of AAP. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, Yunjin Ryu, remember him, former Dodger? He won't be coming to the Padres. No, no. Instead, he's going to become the KBO's highest paid paid player. Yes, on Korean Sports Talk today in their fantabulous sports game show, he's now at the top of he's that list. He's at the top of that uh, yes. sports track list. On the Korean uh, talk show today. It's uh, really all we got going in terms of baseball. Uh, Chris, you had a you had something. Well, I had a little something that the, could have could have been a story here in San Diego. Unfortunately, it's fortunately it's not a story. Um, but Rafael Devers, the star third baseman of the Red Sox, said some things today that I don't know if I was a teammate, I might feel some type of way, and if I was management, I might also feel some type of way. He said that our organization needs to make an adjustment. To help us players be in a better position to win. Everyone mm-hmm. in this organization wants to win, but we as players want to win. I think they need to make an adjustment to help us win. I'm not saying that the team is not okay right now, but it's just that we need a little bit more. <laughs> we need, basically, said we need more. we got to address our weaknesses and get more. Uh, Devers finished up by saying everybody knows what we need. And uh, it's just that there's some things out there I can't say out loud, but everybody that knows the organization, knows the game, knows what we need. I mean, he's not lying. I mean, of course he's not lying. I, I, I of course think... he's not. The Red Sox don't have a contending team, especially in that division with, you know, the Yankees, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa. They're lagging. They're missing some pieces. But my point, I brought this up because this could have been a thing here if somebody in the Padres could have said something similar. Maybe. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Because how do you feel if you are the starting second baseman, Vaughn Grissom of the Red Sox? They just traded for you. Maybe you think he's talking about you or talking about another player that he doesn't think is good enough. I think you've got to have to put your big boy pants on and and rise to the I think if you're a player at the big league level and you have a teammate come out 
who was there the previous year right. or has been there in previous years and have seen what it looks like when they are competitive. And when they're not, I think you got to respect it. You can't take it personal at that point. He okay. is speaking in terms of, you know, quite frankly, they finished, what, fourth in the uh, – I think they, they were last. They might have been last. Yes, yeah. they were last. Finished last in the AL East. You can't come in there and be like, hey, we got a good team. Great shot this year when you've lost players. And on the flip side, you brought up the Padres. I don't think they can – They anybody on the roster has the latitude to say that after having the best roster <laughs> That's right. in the All league the last year. All the organization has to say in response like, as well, we gave you more than enough exactly. last year. And I, I don't think anybody on the Padres would say it. I don't think anybody would say it either, right. no. But, you know, it, it's it's a little bit different ball game there in Boston than it has been here in, in San Diego. I don't know if, if you would have told me I'd have said something like that three years ago, I'd have, I'd have laughed at you. But that was the case. Padres have – the organization has done a great job – of putting very talented players on the field. Now, what they did was they didn't live up to those expectations last year. True. But Boston on the flip side, they don't they seem to be doing everything not to not to win that division going into the last 3 years. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we'll see if that uh, bothers the Red Sox at all. Uh do we have a big 5 still? Yes. Should we, we talk yes, a little bit more do. before we get to it? <laughs> no, we should not. We'll get to I'll traffic. I'll waste now. all that time for you. <laughs> it's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. If you're watching on the cameras, thank you. If you would like to see us on the cameras, you should go to YouTube right now. Search 97.3 The Fan. We're the top thing at the page. But what you'll see is Tony doing a whole lot of moving and grooving, trying to get his noodles ready for his... His uh, so, dinner or so, whatever it this is. This is a long segment. I can't let the noodles sit in there too no, long, No, no, no. So you can see Tony running back and forth. But spring training now is underway. And I'm I'm, I'm saying that because I'm going to miss Tony in studio. He's going to be leaving here at the... Um, what? You mean he's not going to be broadcasting the games from right over there? No. Oh. I wish he was. He's actually going to be in Peoria. He will be. Man. And it will be underway. I'm going to miss you guys, too. I can't believe it's, like, already happening, man. We just finished last season. That's true. And but for the... We did get off to an earlier start this season because of the Korea games. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we'll miss Tony, but we'll get, you know, you and I will fight it out. I mean, yes, literally. Tony, <laughs> bas- Tony, Tony basically keeps us from, you know, scratching each other's eyes out. I don't know what's going to happen now, but. It's I've got, been growing my you, nails out. Usually the first month is, is, is a little. A little rocky between you two. Then you guys settle in and it's smooth sailing. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be too preoccupied with uh, the video portion of the <laughs> show. Because that is all new for us this well, year. Well, that, that in itself could lead to more scratching of the eyeballs. Because that's usually when it happens. When you're a little stressed, Chris is, you know, maybe a little stressed. <laughs> Sometimes that's when it gets a little... Chris is never a little stressed until... Scraby gets him a little stressed. <laughs> I can see that, too. I feel like we're heading for a carryover, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. Because spring training is underway. And for the latest Padres news, try listening to chapters from the show each day, 
Every day, each topic we cover is broken down so that you can find out what matters most to you. To get started, download the Odyssey app and search for Gwyn and Chris. Number five. All right, over the weekend, Eric Kuchsenda spoke to the media and mentioned that the ownership of the Padres is likely to stay in the Seidler family for the foreseeable future. Fans had a couple questions. Mostly, everyone seems to like this because Peter Seidler was putting the Padres in the right direction. Tony, are we likely to see an extension of Peter Seidler's influence with keeping the team in his family? What do you mean by extension? Are they going to follow his... I guess I'll ask it this way. Are they going to follow through with his dreams? It, it sounds like in the in the near future, they, they are. I mean, um, it, it seemed like Eric Senda was pretty adamant that Peter was very forthcoming, not only publicly, but privately, privately of how he felt the Padres uh, should operate moving forward. And it sounds like they're going to do their best to, to fulfill that. So I have no reason to believe otherwise. Uh, I would say yes. Chris, what do you think? Do you think that they're going to follow through in Peter's dreams with Peter's dreams? I think Tony's food... Uh, smells it's, hotter it than the smell. food you ate it's, it's, last it's, week. It does stink up Man. the room. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to honor Peter Seidler's memory would be to you know, bring a championship here. There's nothing more Peter Seidler wanted than more than that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I do feel they're committed to that. You know, and yeah. uh, at least you know if you ask me the question right now, that's certainly how I'm going to answer. Maybe in a year or two, some things will change and. But let's hope that uh, not next year or two they win that championship for him. I agree. Number four. We heard from Shaq last week, and he said Iowa's Caitlin Clark was the greatest collegiate women's basketball player of all time. Well, Jay Williams of ESPN wasn't sold. Here he is talking about Caitlin Clark and her greatness. I think she is the Stephen Curry of women's basketball. I think she has changed the dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she plays, the pizzazz, is that she's – Probably the most prolific score the game of basketball has ever seen. Unmatched. I am, I am unwilling, and maybe it's more the, the Kobe mentorship around me, to say that she is great yet. I think she is the most prolific score the game has ever seen. I hold great or the levels of immortality or the pantheon to when you win championships. I'm just be that's just me. So Diane Taurasi, when you win three consecutive championships, two-time national player of the year, it has, to, it has to culminate with the chip. It has to. I mean, Brianna Stewart, if we're talking about GOAT legends of the game, she's won four chips. Four chips, multiple national players of the year. So I'm not saying that she's not at a high, high, high level, but for it to go to the states of immortality, in my opinion, it has to culminate with your team winning a championship. All right, so that was Jay Williams, the ESPN producers, pumping some loud music behind him. They were in the, they were in the arena. At they the time. were in the arena, and you could see people in the background like, whoa, what a crazy opinion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they said. Chris, do you agree with Jay Williams? I do. So she can't be great until... Um, no, she, she wins can, a championship. No, okay, if that's what you're asking, that's not true. She can be great without winning a championship. Dan Marino is great. He didn't win a championship. Uh, Ernie Banks was great. He didn't win a championship. Tony Gwynn Sr. was great. Didn't win a championship. I, I think we have to put this in the so, college realm, though. All right. Well, in the, col- in the college realm, there's a lot of great players yeah. that haven't won championships. I mean, how hard is it to win the NCAA tournament? My goodness. Um, or an NCAA tournament. So, uh, Caitlin Clark... 
Fantastic. But she's not even the best player. I mean, we went through this last week. I mean, Tarazi, Maya Moore, uh, you know, Lisa Leslie. I yeah. mean, Cheryl know, Miller. Cheryl Miller. There, there's some phenomenal all-around players that have had career, career, careers. Caitlin's just starting her career out. She might at the end be, but she's not there yet. That's Jack jumped the gun on this one. All right, Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think the, the key word here is great test. It's not just great because there's a ton of great collegiate players. Uh, but for Jay Williams, what he was saying, the separator for him is is winning at that level. Uh, and Caden Clark got close last year, wasn't able to quite get over the hump. Um, but she's got a, it seems like it would seem as though she has a long career ahead of her. And even if she doesn't win a championship at the collegiate level, uh, she'll have a chance to win one at the next level. I can, I can assure you that. Um, but you know, I guess the question is, do I side with Shaq or do I side with Jay Williams? I, I probably side with Jay Williams on this one. I, I can say that I don't think, um, a player before has ever made me want to watch the WNBA to see if Caitlin That's Clark true. can succeed. That's true. Because I've seen a lot of her, and so I want to see what she can do at the biggest level, the highest level. Yeah. Number three. Tony's very excited about this next story, but EA Sports' college football game is back over the summer, and we now know that Notre Dame will be in the game. The will it or won't it back and forth. They the were, there was a chance that it might not be in Correct. the game? A couple years ago, it's taken two years of discussion as to whether or Come not on, they wanted day. to join that because of name, image, and likeness. But now that they see basically it's the wild, wild west, the Notre Dame doesn't really care as much anymore about that. But they will be allowed to use its markings. And their, I think the, the gold helmets in this game are going to look awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that Notre Dame was like, maybe we don't want to be in it. It's like LeVar Arrington. Remember when he wasn't in game number and Barry Bonds wasn't in games because they didn't want their name, image, and likeness? I understand that, but come on, Notre Dame. All right. Every school is participating but you. Well, two years. We're better than every school. Two years of discussion, and they're going to be in the game. Good. They said they're going to participate, and they said they're going to like it. Tony... (laughs) (laughs) They're going to like it. I made that up. (laughs) What's the national perception right now of Notre Dame football? Oh. That wasn't me. I don't want to. I'm turning blue. I didn't breathe. I I I didn't breathe. I don't know that anyone could hear that but us, but that was hilarious. It sounded Um, like a toot. Okay, so your question... It did, but that really wasn't me. Please. What's the national perception of Notre Dame football right now? In, That's what the sound was. In terms, didn't hear it. Uh, the national perception of Notre Dame is a, is a very, very good institution. Are we talking football? Football. Very, very good program. Maybe not at the level Notre Dame was in the, what, 80s, 90s. Yep, 70s. They're probably a step below that right now, but they're ascending. Or maybe they're, they kind of leveled out, right? It was Kelly was there before he left for LSU, oh, right? Oh, Brian Kelly, yeah. I'm glad that he's not there anymore. Make, that makes them I mean, they look. had the Charlie Weiss years, which weren't oh, great. They started out good for him, and then they it kind of went backwards. I think, they're, I think they're probably a step below where they were in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And I, you know, it might be hard for them to get back into that upper echelon anymore. They don't I have agree. a conference. 
They're, they're not, not competing they're, for national championships you know, every year. They're not in that talk like they had been in the past. They still have that they TV deal the, with they, NBC they for do. some reason. They knock on the door, though, it seems like, for a little bit every year, and then they kind of fall down. Chris, what's your? what do you think the perception of Notre Dame football is right now? Uh, good, but mostly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Self-important. Arrogant. Mm. And not anywhere near as good as they think they are. I think that's pretty accurate. That's not unfair. I wasn't sad when I heard Notre Dame wasn't going to be in the I game. I would have been. They, they need to be in there. They don't even have a conference, so it's not like you're going to play some placeholder team anyway. Yeah, but you get to make your own schedule now at that, you know, you pick Notre Dame. That's Man, fun. When I was San Diego State in the last college football game, like years and years ago, I always made them play like Morgan State. Oh, so like you, you D2, took the, you D1 took the easy double role. You yeah. took, I've had them play the best. Go 72 nothing. get those BCS points back in the day. <laughs> Number two. We heard about the two-game suspension of Jimmy G for PEDs, but more and more is coming out about Jimmy G and his relationship with the Raiders, and some are saying it's the same as when he was with the 49ers. Albert Breer wrote, quote, Garoppolo had a reputation for being aloof in San Francisco, which would drive detail-oriented coach Kyle Shanahan nuts, particularly when, at points of the offseason, the Niners would have trouble getting a hold of him. Some of those problems carried over to Vegas, where a group that knew him, led by GM Dave Ziegler and coach Josh McDaniels, had hoped he'd grow out of some of those tendencies, end quote. It's rumored the Raiders are going to cut him here this offseason. They just have to wait for the new league year to start. Chris, what's Jimmy G's next move? The XFL? Ah. I mean, he's not finding a starting spot no, anywhere. He's got to be a backup somewhere, I would think, or at least somewhere. He's got to try to find a place where he can go and find somebody who's, you know, not established mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. to compete, you know, give himself a chance to win a starting job. Yeah. Like a Bryce Young, maybe. Is is Jimmy G now a Carolina Panthers quarter backup quarterback? I don't I wouldn't go there. He ain't gonna play. Yeah, I don't think he's wow. he'll just be a mentor. He, yeah, I don't think he'd pick that. I think he's got to pick a place where they're kind of trying like, to find to establish a quarterback. He doesn't seem like the mentor type. Obviously not. If he's aloof, he's <laughs> not going to help people. Doesn't, doesn't call back the 49 get a hold of him. That is kind of weird. Uh, Tony, Isn't it funny how you used to love this guy, Scraby, I was, I, and now was, we find out he's just like you? That was <laughs> that was, that was going to kind of be my take. I am not aloof. The shine has, like, quickly gone away. I mean, He's remember, not the quarterback of the 49ers anymore. I under, but before that, though, remember when I everybody— I had to stand by him. I'm not talking about oh, you, sorry, Scraby. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you remember when everybody was like— this was like the next golden child. He was behind Tom Brady. Pretty much. And like everybody wanted him. That is true. And now like. Nobody wants him. I hate to say it, but it seems like he's going to be a backup now. I yeah. mean, you kind of have to, uh, you kind of have to call your employer back when they Who need you. Who drafted uh, Jimmy? Patriots. Is that a Bill? That's a Josh McDaniels. Bill McDaniels. Bill, Bill, Bill the, 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 the brain trust. The brain trust. If all of this is true about him being really aloof, you know, this is a perfect, it's a nice little lesson for all of us to (laughs) to learn out there. When you're on top, you know. Take advantage of it. Enjoy it with some class. Yeah. Because it can it can be right. Can change you on the you. Same, you meet the same people going down that ladder as you do going up. But they say, don't be forget. humble. Yeah. That's right. Uh, oh, I can't see it. Is that Kendrick Lamar? I mean. Sit down. He has a, be, boom, he has a song called Humble, yes. Um, Dan <laughs> said on the chat, Jimmy G has more Subway commercials with his grandma than something. But it's true. He has a ton of those. Um, when we get no back, wins. we're not going to talk about this story first. But a Kansas fisherman... 
is feeling crappy about his crappy. We'll tell you what I'm talking about on the other side. I can't wait. All right, here we go into the uh, happy hour. Five o'clock, Gwen and Chris, 97.3, The Fan. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Uh, if you're just tuning in, welcome to the uh, sports day. That is uh, biggest story, really, coming up about an hour from right now. Aztecs will tip it off in uh, lovely Logan, Utah. Taking on Utah State tonight with first place at stake in the Mountain West Conference. The Aztecs also have bigger things in mind, and that would be trying to hang on to the number four seed that was bestowed upon them by the NCAA Tournament Committee over the weekend. Uh, normally, normally, uh, if you get a four seed about now, it's about a month before the end of the regular season, but if you get a four seed now, you normally hang on to it. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it you know takes some things to dislodge you. Uh, it's pretty impressive that the committee thinks that much of the Aztecs to put them in a in a four spot, considering when they put them there, Tony, they were still unranked by the Associated Press yeah. yo-yos, who have now put <laughs> them in there at number 19 heading into tonight's game. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is the Aztecs have lost all six weeks that they have been ranked this year. They get ranked, they lose. They've got to change that narrative tonight, but they got to do it against a very good Utah State team. That's part of the reason why I've laid off of the uh, AP right. and coaches because every time I get on here and, and start barking about the Aztecs and no respect. Yeah, they let, they've let us down. They, they keep they letting let us down, down. <laughs> each time. Yeah, they're not going to let us down tonight, Tony. No, I, 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 I agree. Tonight is the night, and also, honestly, if they win this one, they will really have the inside track to win the regular season title in the Mountain West Conference, which is doing something this year. Top-ranked UConn gets a challenge from 16th-ranked Creighton. That game gets underway in about a half an hour. Two adults have been charged with the murder of a young uh, teacher. Uh, I say young. She was in her 40s. That's young to me. Uh, who was uh, shot among the spray of bullets at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade last week. Lindell Mays, Dominic Miller, both charged with second-degree murder. They apparently started shooting at each other, and both of them are actually still hospitalized in the wake of that tragedy. I can't Um, think of two bigger idiots I've that's just like shooting at each other in the middle of a crowd? Like, what are you doing? Like, how do you get that upset where you just lose sight of the fact that there's like thousands of people yeah, right. surrounding you? It's insane to me. I, Apparently, I, I, they weren't the only ones who pulled guns out. No, it was... Uh, well, According the, to there was the, a bunch of people who had... I mean, what is everybody two, walking... I guess everybody's yeah, walking around with a gun. Two minors, right, that go. they that they picked up last week, and then yeah. the two adults that were charged today, we know at least four people had... Yeah. Gun, and before so. you rail away and say, you guys are trying to take our guns. No, we're not. Not trying to take your guns away. Just trying to make sure that we can keep guns out of the hands of people who probably shouldn't have them. That I think we can all agree on. Indeed. I would hope. I think we and can all I'd agree probably, on too. I'd probably be hoping, you know, <laughs> incorrectly because some people don't agree with that. And what we can also agree on is that uh, these people are just dumb. I think that's pretty... Universal stupidity is uh, a, a strong proponent in a lot of this stuff. 
I mean, not only does it end this poor woman's life, but it also ends other lives too. Like no, it is just two right. minors. I mean, the, not only that, the, her two—I think it's two kids she left behind and yeah. without a mom. It's just all ridiculousness. All ultimately, it certainly is. It's a—it's a crying shame. Yeah, is what it is. Um, Padres continue on at uh, spring training today. No real news out of Peoria to share with you. Uh, there was one baseball signing today. The Tampa Bay Rays sign a, uh, a veteran infielder, Ahmed Rosario. Gets a million and a half bucks to play for the Rays. He played with the, I believe, the Dodgers last year, right? Finished up. Who's that? Ahmed Rosario. Yes. Yeah. Uh, middle infielder. Going to go to uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to get. Oh, the uh, the college football. He did announce today that the five they, plus seven. Yes, Scraby's favorite five plus seven. He now knows that that equals twelve. I, uh, I I understand it better now, but at, at first glance, I'm like, this is this is a, also a dumb name, five plus seven rule or whatever. It's you don't called. like the name. Can I, I can I just read you guys this? We were talking about the uniform situation in Major League Baseball. It has reached. Uh, a high point oh, here. This, t- re- remind us where the issue is. So the players don't seem to like these the, uniforms. The, they, they, and everybody, the new threads that Nike has put together. So I, that's part of it that I, I, I should clear up, right? The uniforms are designed by Nike, mm-hmm. but they are produced, the look is produced mm-hmm. by fanatics. Oh. And so, so Nike's probably mad about this they, too. They, they probably are. They designed the uniforms, the actual application of this is done by fanatics and it's gotten to the point now where there's been so many complaints now now the unions involved and uh tony clark former uh padre san diegan yes um he said or christian hire i think it was i think it was both yeah maybe both um anytime there's a change there's an adjustment period sometimes the adjustment period goes well sometimes not so much in this instance there appear to be some misses that could have otherwise not been misses. Um, <laughs> the, talking to some of the players, it looks like a replica. I feel kind <laughs> of like papery <laughs> to Taylor Ward. Wow. Taylor Ward said last week, "It could be great when you're out there sweating. It may be breathable, but I haven't had that opportunity yet to try that out. But from looks of it, it doesn't look like a four hundred and fifty dollar jersey." So far, thumbs down, as he said. Do you think the players in general would rather look good but be a little more sweaty? Did you see Tony's eyes as soon as he said that? He already, already, so I should know the answer to this. No, no, I'm about to say you should know the answer. Or or have a breathable uniform that just looks kind of cheap like this apparently does. I I think players honestly would want both. They would want to look good. But if you forced them... Pin them down. It was right. like you either can look good or feel or good. feel good. Yeah, I'm saying more than fifty percent look good. Say look good. Look good. Yeah, I think so too. I I really can't tell a big difference because I, 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 if you're looking, it looks like some of the numbers and the lettering is smaller. Yeah, but we're not wearing this stuff, so you know from I, our from our vantage point, it's hard to tell. I can tell you because I you know growing up in the clubhouse, you know. At the time, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the of the uh, company, Majestic? Majestic. Oh, I remember that. So, like, that's what I grew up watching, and so that's all I wanted to wear. By the time I got to the big leagues, Major League Baseball had started. Um, they are, I should say, Majestic started introducing a more breathable, 
fabric that everybody loved. But in my mind, I was like, I want the jersey I saw on my dad's back. Uh, and on, and eventually, you, you learned to like it. It was a lighter fit. Right. It, it was comfortable. Um, so maybe the players will come around is what I, you here's, are hinting at. I'm saying that, but at least in that case, the uniform looked the same. Like there wasn't a noticeable difference other than the weight of the uniform. Got it. In this case, as Scraby has pointed out on a number of occasions, you can see it before you even get up close how cheap the uniform looks at it this It looks point. like the mesh from basketball shorts. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, when you go look at I it close you. up. And it you. looks like the jerseys that we all got when Trevor Hoffman had his 1998 jersey day yeah. it's, for, for fans. It's funny because... I'm, I, sh- I'm surprised. I, that this, I, th- did somebody have to okay this? Well, somebody I, somewhere must have looked at it and said, hey, that that's good. It's interesting to me that Nike is not actually producing it. It's, it's fanatic, Fanatics who's doing it. And Apparently so, Fanatics has rubbed everyone the wrong uh, way. It sounds like it. In the chat, they I want to ask you specifically about them having the monopoly on all the different sports and their trading cards. Oh, here it is. What Fanatics. does Tony think of Fanatics having the monopoly on MLB, NBA, and NFL trading cards like Tops? Yeah, I mean, listen, a, a lot of the other companies opened the door for Fanatics to be able. Because remember, it was about three or four companies that were involved in trading. Uh-huh. And then, you know, they've slowly but surely either gotten out of that business or aren't doing it at the level they were before, and that's opened the door for Fanatics. I don't think it's good for sport, uh, for trading cards that they have. No, there's no competition for it. I think that's horrible, but that is what we, are, what we have now. How so. much is a single trading card now? $10, 12 $15? A single? It depends on no, what No, you know is. what I'm saying. A like pack a, of like four oh. is like $20 Chat, sometimes. do your thing. I don't know. Yeah, chat. chat how, how, much, how much is a, is a pack, pack of, of trading cards? cards. Because um, honestly, last year... I was at a game with my – it was on Father's Day. It was with my friend and his four-year-old son. And, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. Aaron something. He's a teacher. Aaron He's a something. listener. Anyway, he walks around the park with trading cards and all that. And Aaron Joffe. That, there it is. Yes. There it is. Um, so he was walking around. We ran into each other, and he just had a full bag worth of trading cards. And the my son's friend was like – or my friend's son – was like, what are these? And he didn't know. But he opened them, and he was all into them. He was looking at them. He was playing with them. So there's still kids out there of that course. can love the trading cards. Um, I think everybody loves a trading card. It's not everybody can afford a trading card anymore the way I could back oh my in, gosh. The, in the better days when there was what a dime got? or a quarter per pack. The uh, chat is, is doing his thing right they now. They have uh, many different many different prices. A pack of 40 cards is about $35 now. I believe they're like 15 Jeez. Depends on what cards. I've seen everything from 20 to 100 Now they have super packs that are $75. George Casanza, did he make these jerseys? Is he <laughs> He might have. There's a whole episode about that in Seinfeld. <laughs> Small packs are usually looked over because they garbaggio. They have nothing in there. No good cards. Tops Chrome is forty for forty cards. I think yeah. it's fair. Forty. It's right. not fair. That's tough. Dude, a dollar a card. We used to get a pack of twenty right. for a quarter. No kid and will ever get, know the and, gum. And you get the freaking and the, gum. the the disappearing gum. That's right. The disappearing the gum that was so stale that it shouldn't have probably been used for human consumption. No, don't no. even think about it, man. That gum was better than almost every card, unless you got a Tony Gwynn card in your pack. Not making fun of your age, Chris, but what yeah. was the most fun card you ever got as a kid? What do you mean, fun card? No, like what was your prized possession card? 
I don't know, just whatever one. I, I tried to collect the whole set. Set. So yeah. to me, it was just a matter. I, there was no particular player. The ones I needed were the one I needed to complete the set. So Oh, I'm... I'm if I got down to, you know, it was a set of like 600 cards yeah, back then. Yeah, I mean, for sure. you had to get a ton of cards, but it was easy to buy them because every they time you came they with expensive. a dime, you yeah. just bought a pack, you know, and then uh, when you got near the end, you trade them with guys until you could finish up. You know how I feel about big business. Just real I feel quick, like you know fanatics. you're going to have to get to your, your, your fish here. Oh, yes. Um, they were saying that the Chrome cards that were 40 for 40 now, five years ago were 40 cards for $15, so... That's ridiculous. It's going up way too fast. Come on, fanatics, do your thing. All right. I said before the break that there's a guy who's feeling crappy about his crappy. <laughs> it, was, it was almost a good little, good little tease. Apparently, I, I really did think that this fish, <laughs> the fish in, in question, was named Crappy, but no, Kurt Kenny, he uh, texted me. He said it's a crappie. Yeah. So we'll just let the tease stand. But here is the number one big five story. A Kansas fisherman. Number one. Number one, one, one. one. A Kansas fisherman who had a state record white crappie. I mean, it's spelled. It's crappie, scraby. He had it voided, and he doesn't understand why, but he now knows the reason his record fish was tossed out and the old record reinstated after an investigation prompted by a tip. This is like people calling some weights in the tail. Hold on. (laughs) Officials from the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks discovered. Weights ah. inside the record catch. Come so on. wait, the guy didn't understand why his fish was no good. Yet there were weights in there. How did they get there? I'm going to have wonder. to say I'm I, I'm giving you an incomplete story because I cannot find whether or not this guy is. I don't think he's at fault. So he didn't so know the fish was down there just eating weights and then came up out of that swamp. <laughs> now right. people think that the fish was well. I guess yeah, eating weights because some of the weights. So, but they were ball oh, bearings. They're ball bearings. This dude cheated his behind off. But this he's is, not being charged with anything. The funny thing is, this isn't the first time somebody's. Uh, I shouldn't say he, he hasn't been accused of being caught. No, you're right. This. It was in the article. There this were some professional the, fishermen. Absolutely. Yes. This fish is just down there, just sucking up weights, eating weights. <laughs> that was his excuse. I mean, come on. Um, that is the, well. Anyway, the, so his uh, state record consideration was. pounds. It's not going to be that anymore because of the weights. The game wardens then took the fish to Topeka Zoo and Conservation Center where they had to x-ray the fish to show the steel ball bearings inside. (laughs) And I'm really actually kind of angry whoever fed this fish the steel ball bearings because it's not smart. It it, it probably... Oh, really? Because the fish was in pretty good shape lying there on the deck in the first place? I think that when you're trying to feed fish ball bearings, you've done something wrong in your life. Listen, I guess in defense, not so defense because he hasn't admitted to this, I'm willing to bet he dropped them ball bearings down there after. Here's the question. The fact. Tony, do you think the fisherman in question fed the fish ball bearings? Absolutely. Okay. Do you really get a lot from being the state crappie holder, record holder? Uh, Hey. Whatever amount of money it was, Something. it was worth sticking some uh, steel ball bearings down there. It was worth nothing. There. He's not a professional fisherman. He's just a guy. Yeah, he still did it. Cheating guy. <laughs> he is a cheating guy. Chris, do you think he yes. fed this? Okay. I do. I okay. can't imagine any other way. Fish right. is just down there grubbing on ball bearings down in the lake. Unbelievable, man. You got, I mean, they're just, just cheating oh, in every man. sport. Or If you're not cheating, you're not trying. They've got to do away with that saying. 
Because everyone's cheating. Everyone's trying, unfortunately. Yeah. The only people that aren't cheating is is me during Chris's fantabulous sports game show. Oh, a little pot shot there. That's not even a little pot shot. That's just cold blooded. If you want to go back, go back to three forty. Listen to Chris's fantabulous game show, and then go to four o'clock and listen to my protest. Thank you. This gets a break. <laughs> right now, check traffic. <laughs> From the 97.3 The Fan Traffic. Inside the Green Room with Danny Green is a podcast that takes you beyond the scoreboard. Join three-time NBA champion Danny Green for insight on the association that you won't hear anywhere else. Plus, get behind get the behind-the-scenes access to what life is like in the NBA. Follow Inside the Green Room with Danny Green in, in the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 522 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Um, Anthony Rendon, excuse me, caused some uh, stir this weekend when he reported. He seems to cause a stir every time he opens his mouth. Yeah, no. See, the thing about Anthony Rendon that I think uh, people are are starting to realize, he says the quiet part out loud. (laughs) That's right. Quite often. like (laughs) The the, old, oh, did did I really say that? (laughs) Yes. and, and, And once he's out there, he is willing to double, triple down in most cases. He was asked... Uh, basically, how he felt about being in spring training, whether baseball was a job or was it something he enjoyed to do. Here's how he answered. Is it still a top priority for you? It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So, Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have playing? answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. I, I'm on his side there. Yeah. I mean, the guy asked it 14 different ways, looking to get you know more him to say more things. The thing he is, he wanted that, him to say, "No, I don't want to be right, here. I don't right want now. to be here. I'd rather be home. You know, with my family. Lawn. Right." <laughs> He makes $38 million a year. He's got to realize that, and he hasn't played because of injury for right. two or three years. As you pointed out, when he played, he's really, really good. Yeah. Like top four or five player in all of baseball. He yeah. actually earned the contract he got. He did. He's just not earning it now. No. He won't he be earning it. another 35 after this contract right. is up. I just but, think- I mean, is he wrong for saying that there's other things in his life that are important to him? No. No. But... The way he seems to always say it makes it seem like baseball is an afterthought, and I think people do feel some type of way about that. I think, A, it's it's who's asking. He doesn't seem to be a big fan of, of the media. No. So he's already irritated <laughs> he's not a big that he fan has to talk the to them to begin with. <laughs> yes. Um, the thing I found interesting is, is Anthony Rendon said what the majority of Americans feel about when they have to go to work. He just said it out loud, which is... You know, my family and my faith take priority, which is not different than any of us. The only difference is right. he's getting paid about 35 mil to play a game that most people deem a kid's sport. Yeah. And so that kind of rubs people the wrong way. But I don't think Anthony Rodon really cares no. how, you, how you feel well, about Well, he came it. out a couple of weeks ago and he said that the one thing he would change about baseball is not playing as many games. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, I'm kidding, but nobody picked up that part of right, it. Right, right. So in the mind of most people, here's already a guy that says he plays too much, 
Now he says he doesn't care. And they switch it around. Right. Now he doesn't care. Yeah. He, Anthony Rendon, is he playing this year? He Do is, we know? Is he healthy? As of now, he's healthy. Is he can get booed all over the, you know, wherever he goes, probably. Anthony, well, we're here, I, I'm seeing a chat right here from, um, I don't even know what that name is. Rendon should be booed out of every stadium, every game, every at bat. Yeah. For him to act the way he does is insane. Yeah. See, it, 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 that's a little strong. But then they followed it up with doesn't want to answer questions due to performance. If you're going to play bad and you're going to say it's not a priority, you should probably Is it due questions. to performance or is it due to injury? Probably the both. I <laughs> <laughs> ah, see what you did there. there. I do. Ooh, uh, sweating on that one. The other interesting thing that came out of the Angels camp uh, was Mike Trout's comments. For the first time, he seemed to indicate that he wants this team or this organization to do what it has to do to to contend. Uh, my our guy Dallas Braden uh, popped up on the chat after those on the chat on on X afterwards, and he tweeted this. He said, "I use this analogy on baseball is dead today." He said, "Trout vocalization vocalizing his desire for a more competitive approach from the front office at this point in his career is like when we finally got Pacquiao Mayweather." A little too late, he says, especially uh. after Otani's departure. Now, I see Dallas's point here in terms of why wait till now. Uh, but at this point, I mean, is it a bad thing that he's actually saying this now? I mean, would you rather him have not ever said anything throughout the rest of his tenure in Anaheim? It may be late, but is, the question is, is it too late? I don't think it is. For a player to, at this some point in his career... It's been a long one with the Angels. Decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to finally – I feel comfortable enough to speak out and say, hey, I would like to see this team in a better position. Now, he did go on to say in this same comments that he loves being in Anaheim. He wants to be uh, a winner in Anaheim. But he definitely didn't rule out eventually doing what we tend to do most players do, yeah, which is ask for a trade. Go somewhere where he can win. I mean, the Angels are up against it, even with whatever they're trying to do this year. I yeah. mean, they Ron Washington's their new manager, but they got the the World Champs ahead of them, and the Rain they're and the uh, Astros. They're in a tough division, and the Mariners. So, not going anywhere. Did you see the Reds thing today? No. What the Reds do? Ellie De La Cruz was taking batting practice Uh-oh. against Hunter Green today. Uh oh. Oh, it's not bad. It's uh, not bad. Uh, Ellie De, Cruz, De La Cruz. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah, Ellie De La Cruz hit a foul ball. It smashed a car window out in the parking lot. <laughs> the car window that it smashed, Hunter Green's. <laughs> <laughs> the guy he was facing. <laughs> well, that's a big hang with him right there. Yes, it is. That is. Uh, Luckily, they can afford I was to about get to say, that fixed. I, I think, uh, what is it, uh, Safe Light? Safe flight repair. Safe flight replace. Their marketing <laughs> is really good, apparently. These guys can sing, too. <laughs> Let's get to break. When we come back, Sam the Great. Sam Levitt joined us earlier. You get a chance to hear that interview on Gwen and Chris. All right, uh, happy hour continues at 536. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Mr. Scraby over there. Uh, one last bit of baseball news to get to. Chris Carey is a uh, broadcaster, apparently. Uh, he's wanted to be a broadcaster, major league broadcaster, ever since he was 12 years old. 
Today, that dream became a reality for Chris Carey. Now, this is Chip's son, isn't it? It is Chip's son, who is the son of Skip, who is the son of Harry. Right. So Harry is the fourth uh, generation. Fourth generation Carey is now broadcasting. He joins our pal, Jenny Kavner, as the new television voice of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, former big league pitcher, another friend of the show, Dallas Braden, is also on those telecasts. So it'll be Jenny, it'll be Dallas Braden, and now it'll be Chris Carey. And um, Scraby, all right? Scraby's pleased with this, finding out that Chris's father, Chip, is a big league broadcaster. I'm I'm doing my research. And Chip's dad, Skip, was a big league broadcaster. And Skip's dad, Harry, was a broadcaster. So it only seems like it makes sense that Chris would follow in their footsteps, Scrape. Yeah. He definitely did. I'm reading about he his. Did. I'm reading about his, the Yahoo Sports did a. Am I on? I yeah, you're on. You're okay. on. I can hear you. Yahoo's, oh, we can hear you. Unfortunately, Yahoo Sports did a Q and A with him today, actually, and it just released. Or NBC Sports California did, uh-huh. and they said, "Tell A's fans a little bit about your journey to this point." He said, "Well, I started broadcasting baseball a little later than most people. I was in high school when I started doing a public address announcing." Basically, I'm looking to see if he's qualified, and it doesn't seem like he's toiled away in the minor leagues like a lot of other people. He most recently handled play-by-play duties for the AA Amarillo. Mm. Uh, That's where Sam was That sounds like Sam Levitt. Cut we need teeth. to get Sam on the show but about Sam, this. See, he but has Sam a journal. Had to work this his kid way has out. a journalism degree from the University of Georgia. He worked his tail off graduating. Scrape. He's a bulldog. Scrape. Sounds like this kid's earned it. Matt Murphy, president GM of Sports California NBC, says Chris has tremendous skill as an announcer and a true passion for his craft, mm. which is why he's a rising talent in broadcasting. Doesn't say anything about nepotism there. No, no, it doesn't. Well, great. when he was younger, it's they <laughs> asked him. They asked him. Uh, I'm trying to look at these quotes because they're so great, all of them. I, and he's, I don't really want to make fun of the kid it's himself, but. I'm reading this, and I don't feel like he's qualified for this job. Maybe he's going to be great. Uh, Jenny Kavner is someone who worked for years and years and years to get to her spot. She did. Dallas Braden is a former Major League Baseball pitcher who pitched a perfect game on Mother's Day. That qualifies her. This Chris Chip Skip Carey kids <laughs> Chris did public Skip. address announcing in high school, Skip and he's qualified kid. in Double A Amarillo. For I did a year. public address announcing in high school as well. Did you also want to be a... That's how it starts. I wanted to be a big person? league broadcaster from the age of 12. They, you had to start somewhere. They, they, they asked him, well, you know, what is it? Did you always want to follow in your family's footsteps? And he was like, well, when I was four or five years old, I thought this would be a really great thing for me. Okay, yeah. If this, I was four or five years old and I had legendary broadcasters as grandpas, I would go into the business. This, fa- this sounds, that sounded a little bit like Chris' voice A2. But before I get myself in trouble, we need to get to Sam. Oh, wait. Hold on. We're ready. Sorry. You Traffic guys, first. You know what you did. Then our interview <laughs> with the other person who used to be a broadcaster for Amarillo in AA baseball. None other than the great Sammy Lev. Sam, welcome to the show, man. How are you? How's Peoria treating you? Oh, Peoria has been absolutely <laughs> wonderful. In fact, the weather has been terrific, truly. Uh, Tony, you'll remember last year, the first couple of weeks here were cold. brutal. It yeah. was cold. It has been beautiful. Blue skies, sun shining. I have walked around in just my, my polo at times. It has been absolutely gorgeous. And 
it's been a good time. And uh, Tony, look forward to seeing you out here soon. But yeah. it's uh, it's it's been terrific. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I, I you know. I love this stuff and I love this time of year and, and watching the guys just, you know, do things you see little leaguers do right back yeah, to the basics yeah. and the fundamentals and the drills and everything that spring training is. So it's, it's been great so far, truly. It, it, it's funny because I, I actually spoke to Jesse and I or Jesse Agler and I were texting back and forth. He was, we were having a good laugh about the Anthony Rendon story that came out over the yeah. weekend, but he, that was the first thing he mentioned. He said, man, this weather, he's always actually kind of hot out here. Like it's not, yeah. it's not the same thing we've been dealing with over the last uh, couple of spring trains. Sam, obviously this time of year, everybody's super excited. It's like the first, first week of school, right? Everybody shows up, haven't seen each other over, uh, the winter and, and and as things are starting to come together, what are some of the things that uh, have, you know, at least popped out to you uh, as the whole squad has kind of uh, entered the phase here? Yeah, look, it's obviously a different year and a different team and different expectations, and there are plenty of names that were here a year ago that are no longer here. So it is a, a different team in, in a different season. But I would say. A few themes pop out. I think number one, a new manager in Mike Schilt. You know, we, we we heard from the very start when Mike was hired about how detail oriented he was, how about the fundamentals uh, he was, and that has really shined through. I think already in spring training. I said it a little bit earlier on the morning show, but anything you ask Mike Schilt about, he has a very detailed answer and he thinks about baseball stuff in a way that I, I don't think a lot of us think about it I'll give you an example the other day uh, he, he had an answer to a question during his daily media scrum about off days and it was something that maybe most people would give a second or two of thought but he had a three four minute answer on off days and what kinds of off days there, there are and and how it fits into a season it was a fascinating answer that I have to post at some point but it was a really good example and good reminder of how detail-oriented Mike Schilt is. So that's been impressive, number one. Number two, there's certainly an acknowledgement of what transpired last season, the disappointment of it, what went wrong. And I think there's also a sense of this team and its leadership understands that they have to play as a team and they have to play together. And there does have to be – uh, sort of a, a checking of egos at the door. It's something I just talked to Jake Cronenworth about. I just did a one-on-one with him, and he echoed that. We've heard Joe Musgrove talk about that. Um, there's certainly a sense of, of they need to play as a group, as a cohesive unit, as a team, and maybe an acknowledgement that they didn't battle through adversity all that well last year. That's been something a number of guys have said, and, and hopefully they've learned that lesson as a group, including uh, you know the star players and the leaders on this team. So that's also a big theme. And then beyond that, on the field, with the roster constructed currently the way it is, there's just so much opportunity for guys. There there just simply is. Whether you want to look at the young guys right now competing for outfield spots, guys like Jackson Merrill, guys like Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy is here working out with that group. The rotation spots, you have two guys that came over for, from the Yankees that I know the organization is really impressed with and Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito, but I will tell you, I would not count out Matt Waldron and 
Pedro Avila in that conversation either. I think there's a very good possibility, and those guys have a very good chance of making this rotation and making this club if they impress. And, uh, you know, I'll potentially throw another name into the mix, Jairo Iriarte, who is really young. But my goodness, Tony, you're going to watch this guy throw, and it is awfully, awfully impressive. I'm not here saying that he's going to make the rotation out of spring training, but – you know, you, you watch him and you start to envision a world where, man, if he impresses to the degree he's capable of, anything is possible, right? Yeah. So the, the point being, there is open competition for a ton, a ton of different spots. And look, we understand that the roster is, is perhaps not complete yet. There, You know, I think we would still all be surprised if there's not another move or two to be made. But the point is, is that right now there is opportunity abound for a number of different guys. And from that sense, it's an interesting spring training so far. And it's fun to watch these guys perform. And right now they're battling for what are open spots. And a lot of question marks means a lot of answers need to be uh, provided during the course of spring training. So all that is good stuff. And I would say those three themes are probably the, the main takeaways so far. Sammy Levitt is with us. He's in Peoria. Tony's headed to Peoria here in a couple of days, and uh, we're getting reports, uh, you know, right there with the Padres. Sam, you know, Tony and I were already discussing, and you talked, you, you referenced it, that there are some potential holes here. Uh, leave the starting rotation out for a minute. Uh, if the see, if there are no more moves made, if there are no moves, and that's a big if, because I think some moves will be made as you, as do you. But who would you put at third base? Who would you put at DH? Who would you put in the outfield? on opening day in Korea? Well, let's start with third base. Um, Look, Manny looks great, and the throwing looks really good, and everything we've heard, everything we've seen has been really, really good, and and they have not ruled out the idea of Manny being ready for those games in Korea or on opening day at Petco Park. So that, to me, is still on the table. I mean, everything we've heard – from Manny and seen from Manny, it, it looks good. Now, he's talked about it. It's about the repetition day-to-day and seeing what his arm can handle, and it's still a process, so there's no guarantee of anything, but I don't think that's totally out of the question. But let's you know live in a world where, where that doesn't happen. Um, look, I think that it's pretty – well, you know, it's funny, Chris. I haven't really thought about it since Xander Bogart, uh, since that was announced he was going to second base. So – Third base, look, the options you have are are what they are, right? I mean, it would have to be a situation where either Hassan Kim is playing third base and you have somebody else playing shortstop or um, or you have somebody else playing third base, somebody like a Matthew Batten, somebody like a, a Graham Pauly who can play over there. Um, look, these are the guys that are in camp and these are the guys that are competing for those spots right now. So I, I don't totally know the answer at third base. Yeah. As far as the outfield, look, Do you think I Jackson think Merrill prefer- is ready to step into one of those spots if they had to? Well, well, I, I think this, in, in getting to the outfield, look, Jackson Merrill is going to play the outfield at the, at the outset of spring training. It's where he's worked at exclusively so far since full squad workouts began. And it is very, very clear that they want to work him into the outfield where he has very limited experience. So, you know, if Manny's not at third base opening day, could Jackson Merrill somehow fit into that infield? I suppose it's possible, but when you focus on just the outfield itself, 
I mean, guys, right now, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would put Jackson Merrill right right in that conversation, maybe even leading that conversation, unless you're going to go with, you know, one of the guys you brought in is a, a, another non-roster invite who isn't necessarily a, a prospect, but somebody else you brought in. But right now, your options out there are Merrill or Azokar, and I'm talking about both left and center, but it's Merrill, Azokar, Graham Pauly. I mean, that's who's here right now. And look, like you said, I think we'd all be surprised if there's not another move made, and we know Jerks and Profar is going to show up at some point. Uh, it's been reported, not announced by the team officially, but it certainly sounds like he'll be on his way at some point. That's that. Those are the names you're considering right now because that's who's here, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to knock anybody, but that's the reality right now when you look inside that clubhouse. So um, you ask the question, do I think Merrill's ready for it? Look, we're going to learn over the course of the coming weeks what that outfield experience ultimately translates into in real game action. It's really hard to gauge, I find, during, during training drills. I mean, what can you really learn from that? He looks good. He's certainly yeah. putting in the work to get better out there. But I do think, just on the Merrill part of it, I do think if that spot is open and Jackson Merrill is proving both defensively and offensively he's ready, oh, yeah, I think there is a real, real chance he is on this opening day roster and in that opening day lineup and watching him hit. I mean, it's there. It really is. And we know the kind of prospect he is and we know the talent level. So do I think that's on the table based on his talent and what this roster is right now? I absolutely do. But I, you know, it's very, very hard to project what each spot looks like right now because there's just a lot we don't know. And, uh, there, there are spots where uh, where guys have not played a whole lot, where they may be playing come opening day in Korea. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, if you, you just take in everything into account that the Padres ha- have kind of um, been presented with, there has to be some young guy who's going to step up, whether it's in the rotation, could be in the outfield, in Jackson Merrill. They're going to be younger in spots. That's I don't think there's any question about it. Hopefully there is a move made on the horizon. We'll, we'll see Sammy, Sammy Levitt joins us here live from Padre Spring Training, presented by your San Diego County Toyota Dealer Association. Make We make it easy, and Sam makes it easy for us here as we were talking a little bit about the Padres. Sam, Chris and I were talking about the starting rotation, particularly Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. They had a, um, yeah. a little bit of a weird uh, spring training last year. They have come in fully seeming like ready to hit the ground running here in 2024. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of a kind of peek inside of uh, perhaps what the Padres are thinking at the top of this rotation. Joe Musgrove will get an opportunity to start the first uh, spring training game on Thursday. Uh, just listening to how that conversation broke down in the scrum, I, it feels like Joe could, assuming everything stays the same, could be on his way to starting uh, that op- home opener, or not home opener, Korea opener, uh, a month from now. Yeah, it certainly sounds like Joe is going to start one and you will start the other. Which order they go in, I, I don't know that we can project out that far. And I think Mike Schultz has been pretty clear that he doesn't want us, I guess, as media and, and the fans to read too far into who's starting Cactus League games at this point. But it certainly seems that way and it would make all the sense in the world that with those two games just sitting out there uh in in mid-march that you'd want joe and you to pitch those games and the good news with those two guys regardless of how it ultimately shakes out for the games in korea 
is that they both are healthy and looking good and feeling good. Uh, Joe threw a bullpen today, and they seemed really pleased with how he looked and seemed like he was very pleased with how it went. And you Darvish yesterday threw a live BP, and from the looks of it, they were pleased with how that went, and they're healthy, which is very important. So we know how important those two are to the very top of this rotation. And I'm with you, Tony. I, I think, you know, if you sort of read the tea leaves based on who's starting uh, at least uh, Thursday's game and Joe Musgrove, yes, I would say probably a pretty good chance that he will start one of those games in Korea, how it ultimately schedules out, yeah. who knows, as we get closer. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would still say I would, you know, if, if both are healthy, I would be pretty surprised if Darvish and, and Musgrove weren't starting those two games. But, like I said, Mike Schultz uh, has, has you know, kind of urged us not to read too <laughs> too far into it yet, which I understand. So, so I, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll get answers. But, uh, hey, it'll be good to see Joe out there on a, uh, you know, on a, a real mound against real uh, opponents on Thursday, along with Michael King and Yuki Matsui, uh, supposed to pitch on Thursday against the Dodgers as well here in Peoria. And tell you what, a lot of rave reviews about him yeah, from his live yeah. BT yesterday and what he's looked like. So good stuff on Yuki too. A lot of uh, get a chance to see some of these new pieces the Padres have. Some of the old pieces that have been very good in a Padre uniform starting on Thursday. Sam, appreciate the time, man. We'll be doing this quite often over the next month. Uh, And keep enjoying that weather, man. Yeah, I will. Tony, we need you out here. I'm excited for you to get here, and you can join in on the Peoria fun, all the the great times here in Peoria. So I'll see you soon. Sammy Levitt getting it done from Peoria. We are uh, kind of on our way out, but we wanted to acknowledge our guest that came into studio uh, late today to join us. Uh, Cousin Polly is out here, and we've got uh, we got her daughter Stella and her friend Linnea. Thanks everybody for coming to visit. They're from Utah, by the way. Utah's kind of we're kind of anti Utah tonight because the Aztecs <laughs> are playing State. Utah State in a big college basketball game up in Logan. So. Go Aztecs. But thanks for coming in to visit with us, yeah. everybody. Uh, tomorrow we'll get underway at 2 o'clock. And uh, then um, the next day, Tony will be heading to spring training. Yes. That's unbelievable. It's already time. I'm trying not to think about that drive right now. Yeah, the drive is, yeah. You think that it is Tony Gwynn Jr., Scrape. You think they would send a plane for him or something, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they give him, they give him no. protection at the uh, at the Fan Fest. This he gets true. security he to walk him around. He had the Popemobile. Yeah, the Popemobile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. You think they'd send a private jet to bring him, I whisk him to spring training. I certainly wouldn't turn it down. If I know, I know. I'm just suggesting it. Tell one of the Eric's. As far as you don't have like time travel or anything yet, so being yeah. Tony Gwynn Jr. When that becomes available. Time travel will uh, be what oh, takes place I next. Well, no, I didn't mean time travel. I meant warp. Like <laughs> warp wormhole. speed. Wormhole. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, all of that stuff will be discussed next in the Scraby Chronicles. <laughs> for Tony, for Scraby, for the uh, kids from Utah, thanks for coming to visit. Chrisello, have a great night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 